0: No matter how well the first date goes, I never get my hopes up. It all goes downhill after she sees my micro penis.
1: <laughs> what the hell is going on
0: here?
2: Nothing, baby penis.
1: <laughs> uh, yes, I did say small penis many times because that is in fact something that turns men on that have a small penis. A cowboy hat means
2: I'm ashamed of my small penis.
1: <laughs> Why is it so small? Hi, huh, it's so freaking small. Bitch, get out.
3: Hi, welcome to Last Man on Earth. My name is Lex Juergen. As always, I'm flanked by Matt Ralston. Matt's been very busy this January during awards season here in Hollywood. What you see is glitz and glamour, Matt and his twink army see thousands of gay men with fat wallets out in the town. Looking to do things their wives would never understand. This must be a big time for uh, well, NBA All-Star games coming up. That's the biggest. This must be a high time for prostitution in LA, don't you think? Oh yeah, I mean All-Star game. You if you can
2: just leave town because <laughs> like, the hood rat, uh, like every I don't know where these people come from. Yes, uh, Atlanta, everywhere, and, and there, there's just like
3: fat hookers. Hood, it's hood rats, with, hood rats with lots of cat off the books cash yeah and you're right there's like every every chick with a fat ass who can twerk isn't in, is in Los Angeles
2: yeah I got uh last time I pretty recently moved to LA uh, last time it came here and I got I got fucked with I got heckled by Rajan Rondo's crew <laughs> and you know that thing where if it's like a group of white guys you turn around and be like why don't you go fuck yourself in this case I turn around and go yeah you're right all right you're
3: right uh also what happens is there's like 40 or 50 hotels that get screwed out of like big bills by these guys because <laughs> the entourage is always staying they are always want to put out like thirty thousand dollars worth of rooms for these guys uh-huh. and they fucking damage the shit out of place and just leave it's it so good every single time i
2: might go down there with my f- uh fake possibly fake press pass and, oh yeah
3: uh, you know sip
2: some uh some alizade but i
3: believe award season is a time for twinks uh prostitutes to get out there that's when everybody's on these big part, all these big parties they have, like every single sponsored magazine party and jewelry company party and all that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. It's high. This is high time for male prostitution in Los Angeles. I want a
2: job where I spend other people's money. I don't know how they work that out. Uh, like in West Hollywood, they have this huge. They they close down the park. And it's like, I think I'm paying for
3: this somehow, but I'm not invited. <laughs> What's like? the party, you mean? Anytime they put a tent up, you know it's going to be a good party. Yeah. It's just going to be massive. Uh, speaking of award season, this week's Last Man on Earth podcast is sponsored by the Wardrobe Stylist Association, keeping celebrities in their proper protest colors, ribbons, flowers, and hashtag pins. The Wardrobe Stylist Association, there's something heroic about working for enormously horrible people. <laughs> do you, who do you think decides like, when they like, so for the Golden Globes, they all wore black. Then for the SAG Awards, they had a different color. For the Grammys, they all wore white flowers, and would white like outfits. I commend them for, uh, you know, all that hard work <laughs> yeah. of wearing that white flower.
2: I yes. mean, God damn, that's not easy. You got to find it, buy it. it, probably costs like 30 bucks.
3: But who comes, like, who comes like, who, how do you have like 500 women dress the same? That's what I want to know. There's got to be someone at the bottom of this who's, like, deciding this because women can never get together that organized in <laughs> what they're going to wear places. Who decides like black or who decides white? This one's white. This one's black. And then if you show up in the wrong color, how fucked you are. I don't know. I don't know if they're all, I mean, if there's a memo
2: to me, it seems lamer than the high school pep rally. Yes. Like when those people would be like, we're going to, you know, do ACDC. I'd be like, all right, you're a nerd. I, I don't know. Can't what, what happened to individuality? Can't you just wear whatever you want? Or I
3: Also, how does wearing like a $15,000 black designer dress protest? The gender, gender, pay, gender pay disparity? I have no idea. You're wearing $50,000 worth of jewelry, a fifty dollars designer dress. By the way, they pick black because black is like one of the easiest colors to find in, in, in high fashion. <laughs> so they didn't pick like yellow or pink or something like that. where It would be really hard to make designer gowns. They pick black where you can get stuff pretty easily. Yeah. white or white, where you get stuff pretty easily, and then the men don't have to change at all because they're wearing black tuxedos.
2: Well, it was refreshing to to see women have to dress alike because I I never oh. think it's fair. Like, you know, I don't want to go to an event and like wear something uh, flashy. You know, like have my ass cheeks hanging out or whatever. But I would like the option, you know, of
3: doing even dressing like a woman. You no,
2: always have that. No, option I mean you of, of like. wearing like a like a a red suit yes. or something. like I, even at weddings, like a dude's got to wear the same.
3: There's always one guy who does that at the award shows, and they mostly make fun of him. Unless he's like George Clooney or someone like that, you can't pull that off. Unless you're Brad Pitt or George Clooney, you cannot go with anything but the black tuxedo. Yeah, if you if you're like a super handsome A-lister, you can do like the bolo tie or some shit like that. Everyone goes like, "What an amazing statement that is!"
2: But think of what year it is. Of all the things we've abandoned, like powdered wigs and whatnot. <laughs> like, why are we still? It's insane that we're still doing the tuxedo. <laughs> it's it's so ridiculous.
3: I believe it's a men's warehouse conspiracy. I hate that ever since prom. I hated that. Well, I'm paying 130 bucks to rent someone else's used clothing. And then I thought about what I did in the clothes, and I realized 100 guys before me had done the same thing in the clothes. <laughs> and then it gets just nasty. Yeah. It's just, I mean, how many guys got hummers in this clothing, like, for the last, last two years in the same fucking tuxedo? <laughs> this cummerbund's been had, like, crumbs in it for the last three years. It's so nasty. Uh, but, yeah, I'll tell you this. The one thing we, we both, I don't think, like Rose McGowan, but the one thing I'll give her credit for is calling out, like, the fucking slacktivists who just wear different color outfits to these award shows and pretend they're doing something for women's <laughs> women's rights.
2: And probably genuinely believe that they are, too. Like, making yes. a huge sacrifice. Like, fuck, I had a gown ready, and now I can't wear it, but, you know, I guess I'm doing my part.
3: I'm doing my part, and then, by the way, I'm going to get interviewed. So they all had, if you notice, you probably don't watch the red carpet like I do so dramatically. Uh, they all had to prepare, they all prepared statements, because they knew they were going to be asked by E! or Hollywood, you know, E.T. or whatever else, about, like, their statement about women's uh, rights. Mm-hmm. So every single actress had, like, they're prepared statement that all sounded exactly the same yeah <laughs> like you know they rehearsed that shit with their pr people for like two weeks before the award show because they were told you will be asked this question so they all suddenly had this really perfected 60 second soundbite about it yeah <laughs> it's just so fucking poetic D-
2: and a bunch of them went with uh like activists as their dates oh the
3: black they all brought black people with them
2: so uh michelle williams brought the founder of the me too movement apparently and uh so they interviewed Michelle Williams and they're like, who's your date? Like you got real awkward right yeah. away. And then, uh, the black women started talking and they immediately cut to someone else. And then it showed Dakota Johnson who I have nothing against, uh, Simply like twirling around in her black dress, like I was wondering how long she'd been doing that. It looked like a child playing in a in a on a
3: yard or something. So it's fucking yeah. They brought they actually brought like minority women with them as like their guests. They brought like one brought the Native American woman, one brought like the Latino woman, one brought the Asian woman, one brought the Black woman. People who actually probably actually have some knowledge of struggle of of women. Yeah, to be there like. Accessory. It was just, it was such a plantation mentality. I, and like, not a single person could call it out because it was seen as like empowering for women. But they actually brought women who actually do struggle in life as their like little show dogs, like their little purse dogs. Yeah. Like, it, was so, it was so fucking demeaning.
2: Yeah, I always wonder with that, too, like, remember when Miley Cyrus a few years ago brought the homeless kid? The out-of-work model from
3: Oregon? Yeah. So <laughs> when you do that, do you, do you purchase, like, a burner phone? To- <laughs> <laughs> so they can't keep calling you? Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, there's no way they're hanging out with like, okay, this time you'll be going to meet at my Brentwood house. Next time we're going to meet at Compton <laughs> at your place. <laughs> oh, by the way, do you know, you know the story of the Miley Cyrus guy?
0: He was a really. He
3: was a uh, uh, hand model. He was a male hand model and wanted to be a a bigger model. He was like 18 or 19, uh, dropped out. He had been arrested in Oregon, so he just fled Oregon, basically. Not a minor crime, weed or something like that. He fled Oregon for for Hollywood to become a model, and he didn't get jobs, and so he lived in the park. He was just a really good-looking high school kid (laughs) who got busted for something, left, and then tried to be a male model in Hollywood and couldn't cut it, so he was living in the park. That was her example of like a real typical homeless guy in L.A.,
2: you know what I'm gonna do. Actually, I, that is
3: that is kind of a typical backstory of most homeless people in L.A. Yeah, it sounds about <laughs>
2: right. When when I make it, uh, you know, bigger than already, I'm I'm taking because I was driving on the uh, one of the back streets of Hollywood. Very sad. I happened to see, uh, you know, Hollywood Boulevard Superman. Yes, um, yes. You may have seen him in documentaries or whatnot. He was wearing the Superman top, but he had on like some raggedy slacks, and and he had a shopping cart full of stuff. And I kinda parked and watched him for a while, but very depressing. Anyway, if he can hold on for another year or two, he's you gonna bring him he's gonna be my date.
3: Yeah, I'd bring my my drug dealer and uh, like the, the, if I was a star, I'd bring the drug dealer and the, the like the nanny I'm having sex with. Something <laughs> <laughs> for real. If you wish to contact the show, hit us up on Twitter at Last Man Podcast or on Facebook, also Last Man Podcast. All right, on to show number one sixteen uh matt uh you did uh, we learned before the show you never saw the show charles in charge that's no. right up your alley by the way that's
2: no, one of the perks of living in alaska is
3: uh, i got to miss all this fucking garbage tv it's probably the number one show in alaska right now <laughs> i think it was the early 90s so it was it, so it was basically chachi so after Ch- after happy days scott bayer was chachi like the 13 year old punk f- cousin of fonzie on happy days so this is a spinoff of a spinoff. No, no, but oh, they, of a character. They spun off Happy Days after Happy Days ended, for like after eight years. And Chachi was like nineteen. He had a, they had a show called Joni Loves Chachi, where like the two teen characters from Happy Days had their own show. Sounds awful. <laughs> yes, it was uh, horrible. That was only for like only for like two years. And then when Bayo was like twenty six, they found him a new. Pro- he was hot. Like he was like in all the teen girl, the teen beat magazines and stuff. Like teen guys, girls loved him. Because uh, he'd been on Happy Days and he was Chachi. So they gave him the show called Charles in Charge, where he was like, I don't know, he was like a college age boy who was living with like a family of like four Rugrat kids, like from 14 down to six, and he was like their male nanny, basically.
2: Yeah, I've heard the theme song. It's like Charles in Charge of Our Day and Our Lives. Yes. yes, I well, believe.
3: He got a little too in charge. <laughs> and then also Willie Ames from uh, the kid who was on Eight Is Enough in the 80s, uh, like Redhead, uh, redhead Curly Haired Kid was on the show as like his dumb sidekick. Hmm. Anyhow, this was a show. And it went on for like, it was one of those shows that like nobody really watched, you know, but it was on for like six years. Like it was just like, a, you know, because it was so non offensive, but it was like a family comedy. One of those shows just like, a, like Full House that just goes on year after year.
2: Yeah, we had Saved by the Bell is always on. Yeah, it's like Saved the, by the Bell. I it was, was like, like amazed
3: at how awful it was. This was like six years of Saved by the Bell before six years of Saved by the Bell. So this was like early 90s. <laughs> okay. This is one of those harmless comedies with a laugh track. Where, like, hijinks ensued, and, the, you know, like, Full House was the same vein. There was all those shows in the early 90s that were completely tame family entertainment. So did Bayo do a lot of, like, greaser, like,
2: Travolta in, in grease type of... Th-
3: no, he was, like, he was like a 20-year-old... He was supposed to be, like, a 20-year-old college kid who was now in charge of, like, young kids. So it was, like, the comedy came from the fact that he was, like, not equipped to be a parent, but he was basically parenting these kids because their, their real parents were gone somewhere. I don't know the whole backstory. Hmm, okay. So he had to go to, like... Elementary school when the kid got in a fight or he had to go to like middle school to solve a chaperoning the dance problem or shit like that. And he was like not equipped for it. Hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> well, so Nicole Egert, uh, the blonde girl, was a blonde teenage girl in the show. So she had dating problems. He had to give her advice on dating boys in high school and prom questions and stuff like that. She went on from that show to be on Baywatch. Sounds be- like a, the plot of a porno. Yes, it was. It was kind of. And there was, another, there was a creepy old man who lived at the house who was an gra- elderly grandfather. <laughs> You're right. It does sound like... And he actually wore a captain's hat, so I think it was like Hefner. <laughs> I just assume all shows from the 80s and 90s were just massive, like, pedophile factories. Sounds like it. They were, but I don't assume that they were, basically. Uh, I mean, every, there was all, this is the age. This was the, the, high, the high times for child actors. When like kids were, before before cable, Disney cable and stuff like that, when kids were working network jobs, so they had tons of TV shows like Full House, this show, other shows, where like young teens were working on TV on prime time, and so they were making bank, and so their parents had like all these kids out for cast and stuff like that. So this, I just assume they were all molested and all that kind of shit. Yeah. But they were making six figure paychecks, so nobody was no, you know the time of Corey Feld the high time of Corey Feldman and such.
2: Did you happen to see uh, a quick side note that? Uh you remember when Macaulay Culkin hosted Saturday Night Live, but he was like
3: nine? I don't remember that episode. That I sounds had, right, though.
2: I had totally forgotten about it. So I was listening to him do an interview with Mark Marin on uh, on Mark Marin's podcast, Macaulay Culkin Now. And uh, he was acting as though he was an adult. Yes. And uh, he was sticking up for Michael Jackson. It's like, well, I don't think Michael Jackson's targeting the most famous 10 year old of all time.
3: Macaulay Culkin was the only kid. That didn't get molested by Michael Jackson, according to his story.
2: Yeah, and Culkin's acting as though he has his same brain now as a 10-year-old. And, like, I don't care how much you've been around the block. You're still 10. Anyway, it was very strange.
3: Well, those are like the Drew Barrymore stories. She was, like, nine years old and people were handing her cocktails at parties. (laughs) She was, like, she was going to, you know, she's from an acting family. So, of course, she went to adult parties. But she was just drinking booze at nine years old, and everyone's like, "Ah, oh, that's just true. You know, she's precocious. Like, <laughs> that's, that's insane. Just, it really, it really is. But she's also making, you know, she's." feeding the family. So like, oh, she's nine. She wants to have a fucking highball. Let her, let her have one. You
2: got to reexamine this
3: thing, man. <laughs> so Nicole Eggert, so she went, so she was an attractive blonde girl. She went on to be the Bay, one of the Baywatch girls, like after Charles in charge. So that's catapulted her to Baywatch fame. And after that, she did a lot of magazine spreads and shit. And then she just got into drugs and fat and fell apart. Cause she never worked again. Uh, anyhow, so after 30, 27 years, she decided uh, to come out that Scott Bayo had sexually uh, assaulted her, coerced her into sex underage. So on and so forth. Um, this is after, the, after she was friends with him for 20 years after the show. They dated. The, he admitted he had sex with her after she was 18 uh, in the state of California, which is the age of consent. Uh, they were friends. Apparently, she was friends with this, who, the woman who becomes Scott Baio's wife for like 20 years after this. She had like, you know, they did birthday parties together, all this sorts of shit. When she was interviewed about it, she always said that it was after 18 that she had sex, that Baio was her boyfriend, they had sex. And this week, she suddenly decided that all wasn't true. And that he had molested her when she started when she was he started fraternizing with her and being touchy feeling when she was 14. And when she was 17, they had sex together, uh, which you and I kind of off the off the air agreed wasn't uh, actually all that gross. <laughs> Yeah, it's, I, don't, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it's ideal, but... W- he was, 20, I think, 26 or 27 at the time. She was 17. Yeah, within the circumstances, I mean. Of the also, wh-
2: aren't you, by definition, fraternizing when you're working on a show together and you're playing, like, kind of... I've never seen the show, luckily, but, you know, I'm assuming they had sort of a, that kind of relationship. Well, almost. they
3: didn't have a flirt. He, he was a father figure, although he was only supposed to be, like, five years older than she was on the show. He was, like, the older stepbrother. Let's put it that way. Well, what does that lead to? Well, the porn scenario, lots and lots of sex. I I think the fact that it's not like he went—it's like he was twenty-seven and cruising high schools for dates. Yeah, this is at work. I mean, this is a a full-time job, and he was twenty-six or twenty-seven. She was seventeen, and like a model, and model hot, and they work together twelve hours a day. I don't think
2: it's that weird. I I always think it's really creepy when a guy, you know, dates or marries a, a chick. Like that, he was around when she was like six. You mean like Woody Allen and Sun Yi? Well, yes. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> That's you an know, example. even if it's not a stepdaughter, like just just a, a person that you've known as a child, I think you lose your right to fuck him at that point.
3: Wow, even if it's someone your same age, like someone that like you knew was in the kindergarten, like you think? No, no, no.
2: I'm saying if, oh, if, if you're, you're older, 20 if you're older, yeah and, yeah, and you met the chick when she was seven, if you were
3: like her babysitter. And then when they become an adult, you have sex with right? yeah, her. That's it's weird. like
2: when did you start wanting to have sex with her? Yeah, I she agree was with eight. That.
3: Um,
2: but in this case, she was fourteen. You know, like it's not that weird.
3: I don't know. I don't. I uh, well, it's certainly illegal, and I think it should be illegal. That's good, the sex part. Uh, but yeah, certainly not the worst crime I've ever heard of. And oh, by the way, he's denying everything. He, and he so his his claim is like, look. What do you, I mean, he's in the position. By the way, this is, only, this is only a story because Scott Bayer was, was at the Republican National Convention. He's a Trump guy. But why didn't
2: she do it during the convention? Then, I don't know. Right after. Well,
3: she claims she's been empowered by the Me Too whatever movement to come out with her real story. Which is different than, by the way, her recorded previous story, which is that everything was consensual and she was of age. She's on a tour now. Hey, She was on Dr. Oz this morning. You know she's legit. Well, that's, that's a
2: high bar, yeah. <laughs> Making,
3: she was on Megan. She's done five TV shows just this morning talking about Scott Baio, which, again, nobody would give a fuck about because he's an actor. No one's heard of for 25 years, except that he is one of, like, three people in Hollywood who are open Trump supporters.
2: So well, that's why it's a story. I mean, but everyone's getting accused. It's not just because he's a Trump supporter. No, but you, don't get,
3: sh- you, don't, get to, you don't get to go to the Today Show after a 30-year-old, like, he may have had sex before, a week before I was 18, unless it's an anti-Trump story. That's part of it. Right.
2: Okay.
3: No one's... Have you, you haven't even heard of Nicole Egert before t- today. I had not heard of her until we sat down here. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no. And Scott Bayo, you haven't probably only re- vaguely remember. You only know him from Trump. That's the only way you know Scott Baio. is through Trump. Yeah. So I think that's the story. But here's, here's my rule. So I think... You know, so a lot of people come out with 30-year-old accusations. Some of them are bad. So Bayo's contention was he went, he went on right away. He went on the Facebook and, and stuff, made videos and said, like, this didn't happen. She said it didn't happen. I'm telling you it didn't happen. What the fuck am I... How am I supposed to clear my name? And then I kind of felt bad. Whether or not he did it, that's the appropriate response, I think. And then he said, she needs to file a police report and go to the police with this so we can get this done properly.
2: Power move.
3: Yes. Sounds like he doesn't have a whole lot to hide. Well, or not a lot to lose. <laughs> that's also true. <laughs> but it's also... But there's a, it's, it's, a, it's a weird situation. I'll say this. Because let's say it did happen, right? Let's say he did, like, you know, start, like, giving her shoulder massages at 15 and was, like, you know, like... Uh, using his elder status on the set to, like, fucking cop a feel and stuff like that or Mm -hmm. do some weird shit. Uh, It's 30 years ago. There's nothing she can do about it now, anyhow. She can't actually get a police case to go forward at this point, regardless. Yeah. So it's a little bit of an empty threat. But on the same token, though, on the Bayo side, how do you clear your name when a woman you worked with 27 years ago says you, you know, did inappropriate shit with her when she was underage? You can't. There's no way to prove that you didn't. I don't know,
2: you know, cuz there's the thing like Hillary said is like always believe women and I think you should probably give them the benefit of the doubt but
3: to say always believe them when maybe there's credibility issues um, like when you've changed when it's 27 years old and you've changed your, and you changed your official story and you've and you speaking of fraternize you fraternize with the same person for 20 years afterwards? Yeah, and what you're accusing
2: while, you know, not cool is frankly, you should be over it by now anyway. And
3: also, by the way, it's, it's not like I can see with Harry Weinstein, he could ruin your career. This is like Scott Bayo could ruin your career if you came out against him. Like, don't fuck with Bayo, dude. He's going he's gonna to destroy you in Hollywood. <laughs> like, he had zero power. Harry Weinstein, yes. He could, he could blackball, apparently, blackballed Mira Sorvino and other people who were threatened to talk about him assaulting them. But Scott Bayo has no power in Hollywood. Everyone recognizes that. So it wasn't like she was in fear of her career being destroyed.
2: Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't want to be so cynical as to think she just was sitting around the house and was like, eh, maybe I should sober up, and how can I get on TV? Uh, I would can, be, the,
3: I would be that cynical. How can I book five TV shows in one day, which is insane? You mean what Rose McGowan did, and now she has a book and a TV show? <laughs> yeah, out, out of obs- out of complete obscurity.
2: Yeah, but at least Rose McGowan. I mean, I don't know. I'd never heard of the chick. She. It, it's just okay. Like, let's say it's true. I'm still like, who? Can, I don't know if you get to be on TV. Like, There's a lot of shit going on in yes. the world. There's a lot of people to interview. I, has anyone tried to get an interview with Paul Manafort or anyone like that? Or no, just no. chicks from
3: the 80s? Chicks from the 80s who Scott Bayo may have, may have touched. I'm telling you, it's, it's, it's definitely a Trump, it's a Trump connection because Bayo's is like a D-list. He's not even in Hollywood anymore. He doesn't even work anymore in Hollywood. I don't know what he does. I'd probably live off of his residuals because he was on like three or four he's TV shows. He's trying to
2: get on the fucking right-wing lecture circuit. Yeah, what whatever, doing. but in
3: like, not big bucks. But he like, has no power in Hollywood whatsoever. This story was just weird to me. I think there's got to be some law. I mean, there's obviously a defamation law, so he could sue her for defamation. But he's not going to sue her because then it goes for a three-year trial. Then it, look, at, look at Dr. Luke and Kesha, for instance. Jesus, I mean, she made up these charges against him. As, uh, as said by the courts, and now he's gone through, like, four years of fucking shit, and, like, everyone throws shit at his car and stuff like that. You don't need that crap. I also think
2: there need we need to establish, if we're going to continue with these, you know, harassment allegations and whatnot, we need to establish a level of celebrity that makes it newsworthy. Yes. Because, you know, with Scott Baio, I I... <laughs> you know whatever at least he had a show but some of these guys i'm like who what? yes like uh, what are is, so it's a daily mail like okay he had six speaking lines in a
3: nickelodeon show in the 90s okay yeah we'll run that but yeah like what what's the bar oh by the way like with with story larry nasser we're going to talk about the doctor i don't people knew about it. i don't think mean ran the story until, like, the bigger gymnast started coming forward. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, he raped 100 girls we never heard of? That's not a story. You can bring in the, the Bayo girl. Yeah, this guy's got 10 <laughs> bodies under his bed. Oh,
2: his special teams. All <laughs> right, well, I, I don't think we can run with that. I
3: just assume there's just actual sexual assault rapes on the, on the Hollywood sets by, like, you know, key grips that <laughs> just no one cares about, no one cares about covering. It's yeah. <laughs> like key grip arrested in, like, a uh, sexual assault case. You're never going to see that story. Uh, I think it's, it's tough Because again your only, your only defense Is to file a civil lawsuit Which, isn't re- which is, is not a valid t- By the way She's probably broke So she, there's nothing To claim from her she can get A moral victory A pyrrhic victory After three years By the way uh, Who is her attorney Representing her Matt Gloria Allred No nope, Lisa Bloom Her daughter Oh God. <laughs> Lisa Bloom Who also represented Harvey Weinstein What the fuck Why does she even need An attorney It's uh, insane Because she's, get, she's getting Deals out of this whole thing darling, darling. Uh, all right, well, let's move on to the child rape, Matt, because we need a lighter topic. So, <laughs> did you? By the way, did you see the ESPN story on the Michigan State? Yeah. Oh God, Jesus, that's like. Uh, I mean, it, it's like it's one of those, it's a story that takes an hour where they could spend like just a minute saying like every single person at Michigan State covered up for the football and basketball players, so they make a lot of money for all their fucking raping. Yeah, that's the story, right? They covered up like basketball players and and football players, especially the freshmen, come in from you know let's call it the hood to be nice basically have no no supervision start sexually assaulting women because they're fucking horny and they're just used to that kind of shit and then the team covers up for it and pretends nothing happened that's that's the story
2: yeah i mean like everyone and then the president of the university resigns and she's like yeah you know i just want to do what's best for the university it's like no you you obviously if you didn't know about this then who did
3: Oh, they all—they all. Knew, they
2: all knew. I mean, everyone there knew. Like they should all. Like you know, I don't want to use the phrase "drain the swamp," but like literally get rid of everyone there.
3: By the way, you are talking about the most lesbian college president ever? <laughs> Did you see her, <laughs> yeah. Lu- Lu- Luana? Luana? Lu- What's <laughs> your Lu- Lu- Luana Simon or whatever? Oh my God, wearing like the the man suit and stuff like that. Yeah, they really. I was, they was really... expecting a black chick with dreads. I got Bill Gates when I googled her. <laughs> it was really horrible. But yeah, no, they all. It was like paternal the paternal like the Sandusky case. They all know, but that makes so. Those programs... I mean, look, if it was tennis or if it was fucking, like, field hockey, those people would have been arrested and gone. Yeah. But football football and basketball, Michigan State make probably 95% of the, the the sports revenue, which is probably in the hundreds of millions of dollars a year. Yeah, and by far the
2: by far the biggest business in that county. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's... You know, they run everything.
3: Oh, you got... You're in East, you're in, you're in East Lansing, and you got 100,000 people into a venue. <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. Yeah, and if you're involved with football and basketball, I mean, you're... You're God. I mean, you're more powerful than the president of the, school. Of, of the
2: United States. Oh,
3: yeah. And you're funding every single department at the school. And so I get all that crap. So there's a, there's a huge amount of pressure to actually hide this shit. And that's what they did. And Nasser was part of that because he was actually also, weirdly enough, he was also molesting college-age girls. So, uh, you know, his, his, span, his age span was pretty like 12 to 18 or so, mm-hmm. which seems a little uh, 12 to 20 or so, which is a little odd for a pedophile that he actually liked grown women, too. Um, but he was just going wherever he could put his hands wherever he could I guess yeah he
2: does not discriminate. no he was
3: well usually the the pedophiles aren't actually raping like fully grown women you know they're very like the the, the victim oriented you know the little kid victim oriented thing yeah they're not going after like women's volleyball players college volleyball players but this guy was too Um, he was very handsy um so here's the thing, Matt. So I I I, 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 my, my theory is that, like, yes, obviously, Nassar is the guy guilty of the crimes, and obviously the people around, the adults around who covered up shit for him, and the people who run fucking sports camps for little girls in Texas, small Texas towns, and all those weird people, and everyone, who, and then the USA Gymnastics who clearly knew what was going on and covered shit up, and the Michigan State Lou Anna Simon, the lesbian president, covered shit up, and the. I love the D'Antonio and the other guy, the coach, the other coach, the, the yeah, Izzo. The Izzo yeah. No idea what's going on. Like, they know their fucking players are raping girls. Of course they do. They're the, the coach is the first person to know all this shit. Coach knows everything. You've yeah. been on a team before. Coach knows everything. Mm-hmm. Um. These are these players are worth millions of dollars to him. It's, it's like saying you don't know what happened to your fucking prize Bentley. Yeah, they come to the coach and they go, "Well, what do you want to do?" He goes, "Well, tell." Yeah, he says, "Don't tell anybody." I got a guy. You know.
2: I mean, I hate to sound like virtuous, but how do these people sleep at night? I mean, I I really mean that as an honest
3: question. it's like Patino talking about uh, how he didn't know what was going on with the you know oh, he was like shielded. I didn't know what was going on.
2: Well, I got I, no problem with Patino with the hookers and whatnot. I no, mean, but like the illegal a, recruiting,
3: they know what the illegal recruiting is going on. They don't, they, they tell them not, he says, don't tell me exactly what you're doing so I can tell people I don't know what's going on. Yeah. Well, of course they know they're getting this prize kid out of Florida, they're paying him off.
2: Yeah, so. but I don't see that as an ethical violation, really.
3: No, but it's an NCAA violation. <laughs> it's an NCAA violation.
2: Yeah, we're talking about, you know, rape.
3: Well, so I blame, so here's the, here's, the, here's the category people I blame that no one else is willing to blame, which is the parents. Uh, and I don't know why it's some, there's some sacred cow about how the parents. Okay, so you're, I mean, it's horrible that your daughter was sexually molested, obviously, and you, you know she is the victim, and you're grieving for her. But you also put her in a very, you put your daughter in a very high risk situation. And I'm not talking about just Nasser who is like an evil genius of pedophiles, because he was actually a masseuse slash physical therapist for little girls, which is like put you in a, a rather unique spot where you are supposed to be massaging girls around their. buttocks and thigh area as your job yeah you know so that's he was in a very evil genius position where we've been hard to just accuse him of like inappropriate touching because his job is fucking inappropriate touching definitely Um, a job that you should that a woman should have though in retrospect a
2: dude shouldn't probably be having that
3: job and there were cases where he was molesting girls while their parents were in the room that's how fucking dexterous manipulative he was he was actually fingering girls while their parents were in the room.
2: Yeah, because, see, I'm not having any kids, but you know how I'm—that's that kind of shit's on my radar all the time. I wouldn't have really suspected I mean, he's a doctor, you know? No,
3: you wouldn't suspect it at all. But here's the point. that's not That specific incident is not why I'm blaming the parents. I'm blaming the parents because you're putting your kids, whether it be sport, you know these kids. I'm sure you grew up with a few. Either in high-pressure athletic situations, it's always individual sport competitions. Or, you know, here in Hollywood, kid actors— well, you're taking like an eight-year-old or nine-year-old, say, like, okay, here's the deal. You're no longer going to school. We're moving somewhere for acting to California. We're moving to tech for. For tennis, it's always Florida. For gymnastics, it's always Texas. It's always Texas.
2: It's always Texas. Sometimes Florida, but yes. all, fucking Texas. It's
3: always Texas. You're going to El Paso. We're going to take you there. We're, we're selling the car to pay for you to go to this ranch for You four know weeks. El
2: Paso, culturally, yes. historically, a real hotbed of uh, the gymnastics culture. <laughs> right.
3: And it's always like, okay, there's a Bulgarian guy who runs this camp <laughs> like in West <laughs> Texas. We're going to send you there for four weeks, largely unsupervised. Maybe we'll go out in there, whatever. You're going to spend 10 hours a day with strangers. By the way, adult males who have decided to devote their life to not making really much money, but to, to, to hanging around little young girls their entire lives with their hands on them every single day, because that's part of their job. So do you, do you pay for this, or is this like... Uh, it depends. Do uh,
2: they take a future cut?
3: Yeah, no. They, uh, you, you pay for all the lessons and all the gymnastics training, and then when you get to a certain level, you start getting sponsored. Uh-huh. And so you're sponsored. Either USA Gymnastics or a, 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 an actual brand advertiser will start paying for you. To go to these these camps, to go to these extra training and stuff like that. You
2: know, we did away with cockfighting a long time ago. Why don't we just... uh, How about gymnastics? Not a sport anymore. Uh, Yeah. And how about like... Seems unethical and it's not that exciting. Well, what the parents are
3: doing. So they're like, they're putting their kids in this very high pressure growth. I mentioned before the show, the the book uh, Girls in Little Boxes or whatever the fuck it was called. About how all these figure skater girls and gymnastic girls have just broken bodies by the time they're fifteen or sixteen, mm-hmm. from just damaging the crap out of their bones for like since they're still still forming their formative years. It's a little bit like that CTE doctor with football, yeah. See so how you know, kids getting concussions at fourteen is not really good for them when they get older, but they'll still they'll still they'll still do it. But again, those are like those are team sports. I still think it's a little different because those most of those players aren't going anywhere. Yeah. These, these parents have visions of grandeur for their kids, and oftentimes they tell the kid, look, the whole family's fucking counting on you to pay for everything when you get older. Yeah. And you got to get college scholarships. you got to get sponsors because you're going to pay for mom and stepdad and, and sisters to, to live. And they're like a fucking 11 years old, and they're not in school. They're trained 10 to 12 hours a day. They're at fucking camps in West Texas with Bella Caroli and you know, his wife and, and some weird Larry Nasser guys and stuff like that who hang around with girls. What what are they, like what are you just elevated the odds of your child being molested by like 50 fold? Yeah, if I, not destroyed I, if not destroyed in other ways by the way, mentally, emotionally.
2: Yeah, it seems fi- it seems very much like uh, child acting is a good metaphor because not many of them make it. You know, we only know two two of their names and the, and the rest of them are I I mean, I just don't think it's a, it shouldn't be considered a legitimate sport. First of all, any sport where the best person is fourteen—that's yes. not a real sport. Four, Imagine a fourteen-year-old
3: four in the NBA playing shooting guard. Oh, and and four eight and four foot age, age tall and weighing sixty pounds is yeah, the best. Like, how did we orchestrate this? This sport where
1: uh,
2: oh, it's on TV <laughs> it's right on, now. Yes, I mean,
3: they're, 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 by the way, the reason the girls are short is a: you have to be genetically shorter to be a good gymnast, but also because they they put so much pressure. And destruction on their bones at a young age when they're still growing, the growth plates and all that stuff, they just stop growing. Their actual bones stop growing and they become denser but they become shorter bones. And so these hmm. girls when they're adults are all five, 4, 11, 5 feet tall.
2: So like if I tried to stick a landing, my shin would just break in half, <laughs>
3: basically. Yeah, but if you did it at 7, uh, 5,000 times, your shin would just start forming in a different direction.
2: Well, was that all... We, I don't know the history of gymnastics, but how, how did this sport come to be the, the best athletes? It's like... Okay, we're going to walk on a beam and do a flip. Like, okay, well, uh, I guess, you know, that's not easy to do. So I guess it's kind of a sport. But
3: w- was it always that the best ones were 13 years old? Yeah, like Nadia so I think she was 14 when she set the, got the perfect 10 and set the world on fire with her perfect 10 at the Olympics, whenever that was, 76 or 80. I mean, uh, I'm thinking more like like 1700s or whatever. Oh, uh, the gymnastics. Like when,
2: I don't know the well, origins. I don't think
3: women, women compete in the Olympics until a certain certain year. But it's a purely Olympic slash collegiate sport because there's no professional girls gymnastics. But you know? are the
2: men when you see the men in the they're gymnastics, also very short, by the way. But aren't they adults?
3: I don't. Uh, uh, no. Well, yes, they're older. But the the girls, the girls, uh, I guess, are Does more girls mature earlier, mature earlier, and they're able to do more shit with their muscles and stuff like that. They're not as spastic with their muscles and bones. Mm-hmm. So from the time they're younger age, they can do shit. Plus, they don't grow their growth curve is much smaller because even the guys are going to be five six or whatever and when you're topping out at four ten or four eleven you're you're not growing a lot from like nine to thirteen there's just you're growing an inch or two so you're not getting like remember the kids got bigger in middle school and they got all spastic yeah <laughs> they could shoot like a layup because they just grew like a foot <laughs> over the summer Well, when you're not growing at all and you're really compact your whole life you're going to be much more coordinated um but I, I don't know so here's the thing so i get so much shit i get so much fucking hate letters from people saying like how can you blame the parents Who else would you blame? I mean, there's, there are people here's what people write. They say, like, well, the real solution is to stop the child molesters from uh, molesting kids. Like, well, you're never going to stop child molesters from existing. Yeah, it's like building a wall. Yeah, what's the plan? What's the plan there? Like, okay, let's outlaw child, let's outlaw, it is outlawed. It's a, you go to jail for 50, he's going to jail for 175 years. Uh, It is outlawed already. You can't stop the defects of human genetics. There's always going to be fucking pedophiles and child molesters. So your job as a parent is to, like, Take your kid as far away from that, reasonably, without being, like, overly anxious, obnoxious parents. Mm -hmm. To not put your kid in a place where they are most likely to be molested or destroyed by gross male adults who have have no reason to exist other than to circle around little girls and little boys.
2: I completely agree. But what if they're, like, hyper-talented at this and
3: they really want to do it? Well... Then I think you need to, le- in the very least, you need to like fucking closely ask monitor what they're doing. Yeah, and also I just don't think it's good. What's the upside of this? So you get maybe the total upside is you get like Wheaties endorsements and like fucking you know Adidas endorsements. You get a million bucks, a couple you know, a million bucks when you get older. I mean, what's the real upside? It's just money, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, and and you forget,
2: you know, just how first of all they're fourteen, but they're also. Sheltered, like I remember seeing uh, Simone Biles in the Olympics, the last Olympics, and uh, like no one told her she's supposed to like shave her bush. <laughs> what? Wait,
3: you were looking at her bush. You're very <laughs> Scott. Ba- There's so many Scott Bayo about you. Was dude. I was <laughs> I
2: looking at it? I don't know how to phrase that. It was, it was on TV. There was there was. I don't.
3: I'm not tuning into a lot. I of I will say uh, I'm flashing back to the poor girls and I. I swam in high school. The girls who swam in high school who for some reason decide that like uh, they just didn't need to shave. Yeah. And there was just, when their suits got wet and there was just like bush, <laughs> there
2: was just bush everywhere. It looked
3: like a Brillo pad. <laughs> it was just kind of, it was kind of sad. I'm like, why, why don't the, I mean, a guy can't comment in, and Why don't the girls on her team tell her something? Because this Cause is they're a, all, all, the senior chick is 16 years old. <laughs> that's, that's true too. Uh, I don't know. I just, here's the thing. Like, so if you think about, like, on one end of the spectrum are, like, obnoxiously anxious, nervous parents who never let their kids do anything ever in life because they're so protective, a protective, shielded bubble around their kids. On the other end are are parents who send their kids off to West Texas camp for, when they're 11 years old for four weeks to be around a bunch of grown men uh, who may or may not be pedophiles. You have no idea deep down. Uh, So somewhere in that spectrum, I'd pick in the middle. I'd go in the middle somewhere. (laughs) Like, I think the parents who are on either end of the spectrum are horrible people. And this was, let's, just call, let's just call it that, by the way. By the way, there was a girl. Yeah. So it was a girl. This is just, so sad. One of the girls testified. She actually, like, injured herself intentionally to avoid going to the camp. Oh, wow. Yeah. She, I mean, she literally, like, twisted her, hurt her ankle so she wouldn't be too injured to go to the camp. Because that's how badly she knew what was going on there. Like, she didn't want to go there.
2: Well, I mean, I put she, it in the same. Oh, sorry.
3: No, I say if you're a parent and you don't. You, if you're a parent, you're, you're picking up on that. If you're ignoring it, it's because you want to ignore it.
2: Yeah, and and I would say it's the same thing as uh you know with with talent agents and scouts. Oh yeah, it's just it's something unless you're a gay dude that was really good at flipping and you want a gold medal, you know, it's just not something that dudes should be involved in. No. it's it's a chick thing. So yes. just have an older, you know, a lesbian woman.
3: Uh, yeah, there's always a chance they will be the rare lesbian pedophile, but whatever. That's good. Like it's like. Ninety five percent less odds. Yeah, yeah,
2: if you want to bring in the coach, you know, again, like I don't know how you get into coaching this if uh, if you're not a, a gymnast. But I don't know. It's you, you just gotta look. Like if you "Time the, there's young chicks," you gotta just wonder why you're surrounding them with adult men. It's weird. yeah.
3: If the female one, they're like, oh, I didn't see that coming. It goes like, Yeah, who could have seen that coming? When the when the fifty year old guy with glasses. <laughs> who spent his life his around... Name <laughs> his name is Larry. His name is Larry, molester kid. You have to see that coming. Yeah. You have to just assume. You just assume like, okay, here's a guy He spends his life massaging young girls. What are the odds he might be a pedophile? Probably a little bit more than the guy who's an aerospace engineer yeah. who never comes into contact with kids his entire life. So that, that's fucking horrible. All right. Matt, let me ask you. Uh, I know you love Vanity Fair magazine. Do you still read that magazine? <laughs> 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 actually occasionally have it. i'll tell you what vanity fair is good at they actually get hot pictures of a uh, female actress somehow fem- women take off their clothes for vanity fair a lot they get mostly naked for these magazines what does vanity fair mean uh, uh there's the vanity part is that considered a positive i'm actually kind of surprised the guy who ran it i think he's still pretending to be heterosexual uh, or whatever his name is uh gray uh pff. What's his name? New York guy, but uh, he just looks like the gay guy. But he's got a wife and they have like, kids. Although, so did Jan Wenner for the longest time at Rolling Stone. So I don't really know. Uh, but I don't know. It's just it's 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 a New York version of Hollywood, right? It's it's a New York magazine celebrating the excesses of celebrity life. Okay. Uh, but it's it's huge. It's hugely famous. So every year they do the Oscar photo for their February edition, where they have like actors and actresses decked out in some sort of like Victorian era photo, some exaggerated like. G- glamorous photo shot for, to, Celebrating this year in Hollywood And so James Franco was in the photo I guess they probably shot it like in December And then January, and I, by the way, I still don't quite understand The charges against James Franco Because they're just described as sexual harassment charges One of the
2: charges was His girlfriend sucked his dick yeah, Yes That was one of his yeah. transgressions
3: Yes, Well, you know That's uh, not a crime Nobody, None of these things, by the way, have been In this entire Me Too movement Which is now five months old no one's actually been arrested. I mean, even Harvey Weinstein... Weinstein's... They're trying to arrest They're trying him. to come up with... L.A. and New York are so desperate to find actually legitimate criminal charges against the guy. But even they can't find anything. There was a report a couple weeks ago that New York police are kind of like starting to give up on it mm-hmm. because they just can't... I mean, he's got... They know he's got millions of dollars in legal... In attorneys. And they can't just trump up charges against him. So they know they have to have legitimate charges against him. And they can't find anything. Right. So none of these cases are actually criminal cases. These are all trial in the media uh, allegations um but Franco I didn't understand so he like he harassed women and he like sort of like women on the set and then he was like sort of like gro- groping women well it's like- he
2: asked actresses to play prostitutes in films uh I don't know what he was supposed to do go down to Skid Row and hire a real one yes. uh so are, like we, when, are we not supposed to write parts for prostitutes anymore? Yeah. So and then he asked him to get naked, which is creepy, but, you know, it's whatever, to be expected. You just say, no, I'm not going to do that. I
3: just, I, I can't imagine uh, we live in a world where a guy who's, like, by the way, a, 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 you know, a fairly handsome guy. He's not a gross Harvey Weinstein guy, right? So girls probably were attracted to him. Probably had no problem getting girlfriends.
2: Yeah, I'm sure. Yeah, he, a lot of chicks want to fuck Franco. Yeah,
3: and by the time he was somewhat famous, he probably got all the tail he wanted. That A guy like that can't just, like, you know be kind of crazy with girl short of committing a crime can't like just be fucking hitting on every girl he sees because he's probably wildly successful in his ratios well
2: he was being a perv i think the from what i read the main thing is he was sort of abusing his authority by you know sort of trying to make the chicks get naked on like on camera for the for the scene or something oh yeah no
3: that's what i'm saying i can't imagine a guy wouldn't do that because probably 80 percent of the time he does that he ends up having sex with the girl yeah. And it's just cameras not even rolling. Yeah, it's like you know, it's like people. We talked about this before with Trump. People and like a Trump is gross, hitting on these women like at the at news events and stuff like that. It probably worked for him most. Of the, it probably worked for him most of the time. Yeah. Oh, by the way, here's a nice aside for you, Matt. Before I forget, I want to mention this. Uh, Victoria Silvstedt, the Playboy, she was Playmate of the Year, I think, in nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. She was caught up in that uh, hooker, high end escort business uh, deal, like in L. A. in two thousands, in the mid two thousands. Oh, she was uh, hooking. Uh, she was allegedly hooking. She was caught up in that in that Madam's phone book. He was like hooking oh. these girls up with high end, like. Saudi yeah. Saudi guys. That must have cost a
1: lot.
2: Oh yeah,
3: those girls got. Uh, I could tell you stories. Those girls got a lot of money. By the way, she was married the whole time Ew. to a sports <laughs> sportscaster. I assume he knew what was going on because she was gone like 250 days out of the year around the world. <laughs> right. uh, but she, uh, I did not know this. She was roommates in the 90s with uh, Melania Trump. Really? <laughs> yes. Yes. She was. Uh, she was roommates with Melania. And the reason she was in a story this week was because she was talking about how Melania. She always knew Melania would hit it big, and I assume that means. Victoria Stilfstead, by the way, has a billionaire French caretaker at this point. Mm. For the last 10 years, she's been with this fat old guy. who, like, Literally, he's fat and old. Uh, but he's a billionaire in France, and she, he kind of takes care of her. Uh-huh. And she was commenting on how she knew Melania would make it big, because she always had very grandiose sights set for herself. Wow. And I was thinking, like, wow, well, a flip of a coin, Victoria Stilfstead could have been our first lady. <laughs> Right? Oh yeah. yeah. I mean yeah, Trump yeah. Just went, Trump was like trolling like high end like hot, you know, playmate level hookers. I mean no
2: one's no one is naive enough to believe that Melania Trump never uh, was a prostitute, are they?
3: Uh well, these girls don't consider themselves prostitutes. I was around these girls in the in that era and they all had benefactors. So, whatever you want to call it, it is prostitution of course, but they all had been, it was normal it was highly normalized at that point. Yeah. Like they actually like talked about their benefactors as their boyfriends. So it wasn't like, you know, I guess in that sense, they didn't consider a well, prostitution. I think
2: it's also a lot of the, you know, 10 grand for a night type of thing, too.
3: Uh, what Generally what they did was, if you must know, since we're talking about it, is they had guys pay for their shit. Mm-hmm. So they would get cars and condos and stuff like that and high-end gifts from these guys. And they were like their boyfriends, but they were, you know, but they were, I only see them once a month. I, I I don't like to call people prostitutes only because I don't see a big difference on the spectrum between women who you're calling escorts versus like trophy wives or women who are just garnering rich boyfriends for themselves. Mm -hmm. It's all sort of the same deal, right? You're selling your good looks and your sex for cash, basically. Yeah. I mean, I don't, there's no reason prostitution should be called out for, you know, being any different. Uh, But I thought you'd love that story that the two of them together. Just imagine the fucking guys who are trolling around that place. Oh, Jesus. (laughs) Like, like, Hundred million, hundred million above net wealth, like around that place.
2: Just walk in, and she's sitting in a punch bowl of ice. <laughs> yeah.
3: like, hey, how was your night? Well. I assume they had a pimp too, who was like making sure these guys were legitimately wealthy, who they would be boyfriend, who would be their boyfriends.
2: Well, they yeah, they weren't paying their own rent. I mean, you don't you don't pay your rent as a model. Um, and in Melania's case, who did like three modeling gigs in her life? Yes, uh, when modeling gigs don't even pay that well uh, in the first place. And this was before Silstead obviously was playmate Planet of the year. yes. Yeah, so
3: yeah, they, it, was, it was great. I thought you'd love that story. But easily, I mean, easily, I do love that. Depending on which time, which day, Trump showed up at the door, Victoria Silvsted could have been our first. Could have been our first lady. I also, by the way, th- this whole Stormy Daniels thing, Trump with the porn star. Yeah. I just every story that it like comes out against Trump that makes him look horrible. I kind of like him <laughs> a little bit. I kind of like him a little bit better. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like his grossness is kind of like the only thing that I actually kind of like. Not relate to, but that I kind of admire about him. Yeah, it's kind
2: of humanizing. Yes, yes. I felt the same way with Clinton when he was, you know, when all that, his dirt came out. But he was
3: like fucking fat, fat, gross trailer girls. Well, yeah. What I I mean about Trump is that he actually went and found like a big-titted porn, blonde porn star who was semi-attractive and said, hey, I'm going to fuck me a hot porn star. And that was
2: pretty recently. This is like two old people fucking.
3: Oh, it's when his kid was, uh, uh, when 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 Melania was pregnant with the kid. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I kind of like I kind of like the fact that Trump is just like, why be a narcissistic asshole billionaire if you can't do narcissistic asshole billionaire things?
2: But along the lines of you you body shaming Monica Lewinsky, uh, you know Trump's obviously paying for sex, yes, and paying to silence uh, the people he has sex with. Because who, the way, who I would think a weird porn star would start yapping her mouth?
3: Oh, by the way, I have, I have no, well. Now she's talking. I have no problem. They pay. He paid her one hundred thirty grand.
2: Yeah, out of his campaign.
3: If you're a billionaire, or you have yeah, out of his camp, whatever the fuck it was. I, that's chump change. That's like you're paying a hundred bucks to tell a porn star you slept with not to tell anybody.
2: Well, here, here's all I'm saying. If you're going to be paying porn stars, probably an exorbitant amount of money to fuck them. Why the over-the-hill porn star who's you know not particularly attractive anymore? I think that's
3: just a matter of opportunity. That's who he was able to. Get you know in that position without like people noticing. I don't fucking know. I don't know. I'm just saying like his gro- the edge the edge of his spectrum of grossness is the only thing I find where I kind of like the guy. That's the only thing I not admirable. I wouldn't call it admirable. That's the only thing where I go like more stories, please. Yeah, like, I want to hear more about Trump because I bet if you go back and look at all the dirt, there's some good shit in there. Imagine if Obama had fucked Stormy Daniels. It'd be amazing. I would have liked him so much better because he was such a square. He was such a fucking square. I mean, it was like he had to hide the fact that he smoked cigarettes. I kind of like the fact that he smoked cigarettes, but he had to hide the fact that he smoked cigarettes.
2: I'm just saying, where's the right-wing media on this Stormy Daniels thing? Oh, yeah, yeah, no, I fucking, you know. It seems like it should be... Oh,
3: it's always partisan shit. Like, I would have loved if Obama just, like whipped out cigarettes during press conferences I just fucking lit up and just started smoking. The
2: closest he came was he would do really black shit, like, for no reason. He had, like, Earth, Wind, and Fire come to the White House. <laughs> yes. And he had the Chicago Bulls come, like, all the time. Yeah,
3: or he'd play hoops with Steph Curry or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, that was kind of... It's I mean, pretty
2: tame compared to fucking fat, <laughs> oh, fucking fat Daniels fucking porn.
3: Stars. So, James Franco, here's my question. Is this the future of man that we're going to be photoshopped? So he's photoshopped them out of the magazine cover they didn't want to change the cover because they paid fucking fucking Lewitz or whatever hundred grand to do the photo so they're not going to change the photo they can't get all these a-list actors back together so they literally just photo erased him from the photo and ran the photo is this uh, I don't care about the fucking editorial uh, journalistic standards of this is this a, a, a symbolic of the future of men Matt are we just going to be fucking erased once we're accused
2: <laughs> yeah I mean I think it sets a, a weird precedent um, like Garrison Keillor too was accused, and his accusations are very dubious um and they took his name off of his show yes. that that had been in syndication and still is it's just not called the same thing anymore. Yes. Um and the, and with the Kevin Spacey thing of taking his out of the movie taking him out, of the him, movie. him out of the movie um it's
3: a weirdly it's very strange. It's to a weirdly it reminds me of what the re- really religious people do. So I only know they're orthodox Jews like when they when they, when someone in the family disgraces the family they cut that person out of all the photos, is that and they real? never ta- and they never talk about him again. Oh, yeah. Uh, I had an uncle. I had an uncle uh, who uh, ran off with his uh, old great uncle, maybe uh, years ago, many, many years ago. I ran off with his secretary and left his wife, and nobody was allowed to talk about. It. it was like they had to say that he was on a trip or something like that. It was like no one was allowed to talk about what actually happened because it was such a disgrace that he did it. They hmm. like, we weren't allowed to talk about. it. And this is like you know whether it be ISIS, Muslims, Jews, Christians, like fundamentalists. They just, when bad shit happens, like the defense of a heresy, they just don't talk about that person ever again. They're like, ban- it It's like a banishment process. Yeah. It, it's and like also, they're, they're actually not even allowed to mention that name of that person anymore.
2: It's, yeah. It's also kind of like uh, imagine, like, you know, super progressive Me Too movement as the mafia and yeah. people just get disappeared. Yeah. You know?
3: Yeah, but even on the religious context, like ISIS, what did ISIS do? They went through, like, Iraq and, like, Destroyed all the opposing religious symbolism from like thousands of years ago. Mm-hmm. Like they went through the antiquities museums, just shattered the shit out of stuff because it was so vile to their I- their idea that all this imagery has to be destroyed. And this to me, like smacks of what Vanity Fair is doing, what very progressive people are doing in terms of erasing men and like causing these people to disappear. Strikes me as a very like sort of Christian conservative kind of like fundamentalist thing to do, Definitely. which is just make people disappear, like no trial, no nothing. No defense of yourself, no free speech, just disappear this person as if we're like a very, it's a very dictatorial kind of uh, position to take. Well, like. would,
2: would this sort of relate to, and not in the case of Franco, but say someone like Spacey who, who definitely did wrong. Yes. Um, you know, you got like the Civil Rights, uh, sorry, the Civil War argument of uh, the Confederate flag and whatnot. And I think there's people that aren't racist that are like, look, this, this happened so we're not going to just get rid of it because you know it's good to remember what happened maybe so we don't repeat it or just because you can't just you know this is it's not a philip k dick novel you can't just make shit that disappear disappear like yeah you know it's good to acknowledge what happened um so i i think it's interesting that you know like when like the spacey thing he's he's taken out of this movie he was playing a bad person in the movie and like you know, I don't know if this is going to come down to like, oh, I was triggered, you know, some bullshit that no one even believes, like, oh, seeing Spacey on screen, you know, triggered uh, uh, or whatever. Like, I, I don't get why he would be taken out of the movie. I don't understand. I, and by it, the way, if that's the precedent, then well, so do, do, uh, why didn't we take Mel Gibson out of Braveheart or whatever? Which we can do now with technology, by the way. Yeah. Like oh, and the A-
3: what about the AI porn though? We can deep, put people uh, back in too. Yeah. Deep.
2: Uh, <laughs> what do they called? Deep. T- uh, fuck. Deep yeah. six. Deep something on Reddit. Yeah, you can just... And, and it's really in its infancy, but you can replace someone's voice and face. You can... If you get enough video of someone, you can make them say whatever you want now.
3: It'll be... And I think they'll remove people digitally in the future. That's why it'll be so easy to remove people, like they did with Franco, which is a digital process, obviously. Uh, they just took them out after... They took them out after effects. So they went back and changed... They literally went back and changed history. They went back and said, here's a photo of Hollywood today... Oh, uh, Franco gets accused of sexual harassment. Let's just erase him from the photo. It's
2: very. It's scary. 1984.
3: Isn't it? Yeah, it's kind of scary. I mean, it's
2: literally 19. Uh, well. They could have
3: kept him in the photo and then used that as an opportunity to discuss the case against him. Yeah. But instead, they just erased him.
2: Did you hear about that bar owner that will kick someone out of the bar if, he, if they say literally? Yes. Yeah, yes, I might right. have to leave now. <laughs> yes,
3: yes, I like that. Although I hate hipster bars. They're very pretentious. All right, Matt, let me oh, ask you. i tell you, that guy to fuck himself. I, tell, I literally <laughs> would do that. Yeah, I don't. When literally, I'm, I, I would. If I'm, I'm paying for drinks, I get to do what the fuck I want. That's my theory on bars. Uh, We have an email from Amy. Uh, Do you think there will ever come a day when an actor or actress denounces a famous director for weird sex shit before working with him? Uh, That's obviously in reference to Woody Allen, because now every single person who's been in a Woody Allen movie for the last 10 years or whatever, uh, save for Diane Keaton, who's just weird, uh, has come out and said, now now you have to come out and say, I regret the decision to work with Woody Allen. I denounce him as a person. I'm
2: keeping the residuals. I'm
3: Yeah. Well, by the way, you don't get paid much. The reason people are in Woody Allen movies is not for the cash. They're very low-budget films. You don't make a lot of money. It's a prestige thing. You only in, That's an ironic thing here. You're only in a Woody Allen movie if you're a big actor because you want to be working with Woody Allen.
2: That's a good point. Yeah, it's not a huge payday. It's
3: not like you need the money. It's not like the reason Mark Wahlberg's in Transformers, just to get paid big money.
2: You're going out of your way to associate with Woody Allen.
3: You're going out of your way to work with a director you respect. So, All right. I, and By the way, and the, the new thing now, just if I comment real quickly, is like, the people now have to, like, explain why they chose to work with them because they have to, you know, change, change history on this one. So the, I've seen people say, like, I really didn't think about the time. It was such a quick decision. They told me I had to make an I had hours to decide. Or, like, uh, some other cockamamie excuse of, like, why... I didn't. I didn't know about Woody Allen's charges from the early from twenty five years ago. That his child. child, child, I didn't Wikipedia him for some reason, or read any article about him, or see anything. uh, Ronan (laughs) Farrow said for the last ten years about him, or something like that. These people all knew. They all knew, and they still chose to do it because it wasn't a story at the time.
2: So let's uh, quickly rehash. Woody Allen's been accused by several of his. Biological one. children, one, just, of one. just one child of, of molesting. So let's say we don't know if that's true or not. And
3: I would say this. I think he is a weird dude. And he may be a toucher. I don't know. But it, the, the accusations only arose during, during divorce proceedings. Yeah. So very volatile, contentious, angry divorce proceedings with Mia Farrow, who is also, by the way, is completely nuts.
2: Yeah. Um, but he... He did marry his stepdaughter when she was how old?
3: Adopted daughter. Adopted, his but, wife's adopted daughter. Oh,
2: adopt, uh, adopted daughter.
3: Yeah. His wife was married to uh, Andre Previn, the, uh, was the director, symphony guy. And they adopted like four kids in Vietnam. So she was one of the Vietnamese kids they adopted in the 70s, one of the boat kids they adopted. Okay. So, so that's... He, okay. Never ra- he never raised a daughter. When did he meet her? When she was... She was his wife, he was married to Mia Farrow. He was his wife's... Daughter by another guy And I think he didn't She didn't live with them I don't believe she lived with them So she was 22 I think when they married Oh He he probably ran I'm sure he saw her on occasion When she was 14 and 15 But he wasn't like Raised He wasn't her dad He wasn't her dad Oh, okay, I did not know. Still that. Weir- it's still weirdly- It's still weird. really weird. Yeah. Of all the women to fall in love with, why fall in love with your wife's adopted daughter? <laughs> so
2: well, maybe it's just serendipity. Although they,
3: there are claims that Morgan Freeman uh, hooked up with his, uh, his his wife's adopted granddaughter. So oh, was, he definitely there, did that. What's that? There's nothing specifically illegal about it, but it is still. Even if you did fall, and by the way, she's not an attractive looking lady. No. So even if you were to fall in love, decide you were fifty and wanted to have a sex with a twenty two year old, well, he's
2: like ninety.
3: Yeah, he was like 50 at the time, 55, but whatever. Anyhow, uh, he's, a, he's a weird, gross dude who quite possibly touched his daughter, who knows. Have not, yeah, it's
2: it's always uh, after the fact, uh, you know, and, it, and it's always like, they never bring it up until it's brought up, like Meryl Streep, you know, just Dustin Hoffman, giving, uh, yeah, when, when she gave Roman Polanski a standing yes. ovation at the Oscars, and I mean, there's no doubt as to what he did oh no
3: he was convicted in court in court
2: so why would you applaud him and then oh just coincidentally a few years later you're pissed at, at, at dustin hoffman for uh being a little bit handsy yeah you know you don't well, mind no, the 14 year old sodomy
3: so much i have no doubt these dudes are all in hollywood are all weird dudes i mean they're all like either kevin spacey or they're woody allen or they're not all of them but a good majority of them are like Using their power to their advantage sexually. Yeah, I have no doubt about it. there's a lot of tit grabbing going on, a lot of fucking. Co- I mean, look at Louis C.K. That shit's probably going on pretty regularly. Dudes, whip- apparently it is going on regularly. Dudes whipping out their dicks and masturbating in front of women. I I never really heard of this as a sport before, but apparently it's very popular in Hollywood.
2: Isn't part of you? And I don't mean this in a in a the way it might sound, but n- not in a homophobic way and not condoning the behavior. But when you hear Dustin Hoffman, you know. Wants to fuck uh, adult women? Aren't you kind of like, oh, I, I'm glad. I, I, oh, I you mean, that he's
3: not a pedophile.
2: That he's not a closet gay oh, he's not or gay? pedophile. Just, yeah. you know that he wants to fuck chicks. Like, because I, I, now when I go back and watch the movies, you know that that whole conversation about if if it's tainted or not. You know, do you think
3: these actors are any different than say like Roger Ailes or any other guy with power in a company somewhere that just is fucking like. Sexually harassing, if not, like, getting with the secretaries and shit like that. It's not really any different, I don't think.
2: No. In fact, if you look at... I, I was thinking about how how prone, how likely actors, people in entertainment would be to sexually harass other people. And I think it's somewhere in the middle. But yet the the discrepancy is so skewed in terms of how often they're accused. Yes. Because um, I, I would say, like, cop would be at the top like military guy you know super aggressive testosterone
3: not necessarily in terms of women but just like abusing their power you mean
2: yeah including women yes like uh and and i would say at the bottom would be you know social worker
3: well there aren't many there aren't many industries outside of hollywood where you have tons and tons of like 18 to 25 year old girls willing to do anything to get work so yeah
2: and also but on the other hand uh you know, the reason George Clooney's probably never been accused of sexual harassment is because a lot of people want to fuck George Clooney. Yeah. And, and the same with, with Hoffman. So, and also because you know.
3: he's power. He's power. I mean, he's, he's seen as a powerful guy who, like, if you're a young actress, you know, trying to make it, you're not going to come out and accuse George Clooney of fucking trying to rape you because you're never going to work again.
2: No, but just if you're Hoffman and everyone's blowing you in yes. your trailer, quite, yes. quite literally, yes. you don't know where the line is anymore. That's right.
3: That's was, that was what I was saying about uh, Scott Bayo before. Like, when, girl, when people, or, or anyone, or Trump, when, like anyone, when you're a guy who's very successful with your shit, with your stick, yeah. you're going to keep doing it. If you're, like, most guys are like, what, hit, their, their hit ratio is like 5%? <laughs> if your hit ratio is 95%, you're just not going to change your ways. Can. You're like you're like a successful guy. It's like it's like you know if Lonzo Ball with his weird three point shot makes like fifty percent, he's not changing the way he shoots the ball. Yeah, that's just you, the way it is. No matter what people tell him how wrong. it is. You start
2: thinking that it's a really good idea for when the makeup lady walks into your
3: trailer to have your dick in your hand. Yeah, you, you convince yourself that that's a, a genteel maneuver. I told you a story before, but I worked. I was shooting a film, and I worked with this. Uh, I think she was hair and makeup lady. I would say, obese, lightly obese woman in stretch pants, unattractive. And I said, How, you know, are you enjoying working on the set or whatever was? She goes, Well, yeah, I mean, you know, I like it. She was a bitchy lady. She's like, I like it, but, you know, it's definitely better than my last job. i was like, Where'd you work? She goes, We're doing a porn shoot. She goes, And Ron Jeremy kept sticking his finger in my pants and, and fingering my vagina. <laughs> I was like, Well, you know, that's a good baseline for us here. So no one's going to do that to you here. <laughs> so, yeah. but I think like Ron Jeremy probably just fingers women who he works with, like regularly. And ninety eight percent of the time, they're like, "Oh, Ron, that feels great." <laughs> like that's just yeah, like yeah. he's not like he's not like getting punched in the face over and over again, and still doing it. It's obviously like a thing he does with people he worked with, and it's like for some re- weird reason, working for him.
1: Well, so,
2: a friend of mine, an older lady, also a makeup artist. You know, she's probably in her fifties uh, or sixties, and uh, actually stayed at her house at Sundance because you know, uh, kind of friend of a friend. Anyway. Uh, She's a makeup artist on all these huge shows, and uh, she goes by Rockets. And it's, it's after a while, I go, that's a weird name. Why do they call you Rockets? She goes, well, 20 years ago, I was on the set, and uh, my tits were out, and uh, people said they looked like Rockets. <laughs> that's her name? Yeah.
3: <laughs> i like, all right. Could have been worse. I could have been calling her Banana or something like that. Uh, that's horrible. Uh, men are horrible, and if you give men a lot of power and a massive leash... They're just going to become abusive. That's my kind of view on men. Yeah, like if if guys can like get away with hitting on girls and they're constantly having sex with them, they're just not going to change their 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 ways. James Franco. So how do we stop this? Don't employ any men. Uh, I don't know. I don't. I think erasing people. I think accusing people in kangaroo courts and social media and destroying their careers. Because yeah, I think most of most of the accusations are probably accurate. Let's say ninety percent of them are accurate. Yeah. Maybe Nicole Eggert is accurate about Scott Baio, but you got to like a bring it out right away. B, you got to go to the police if there's actually a crime. If you're alleging a crime, you got to go to the police. And C, you got to cha- stick with your story. You can't change your story over and over again. Uh, I don't care if you sell a book or get a show out of it. I don't give a shit about that. But those three things, there needs to be some consi- immediacy and consistency to this to legitimize it. Because I think most of it is accurate. But these women are just killing themselves by having all these like, 30-year-old charges of things that can't be proven that seem kind of shoddy. And by the way, the girls are a lot of times are on the make to begin with. So you know, like the girl goes back to like have sex with Brett Radner and, and what's his name? From, yeah, you know, like like you're going back with two dudes to have sex at their apartment, and then you're going to file harassment claims after the fact. They probably did fucking harass you, but like that's a horrible story. But someone's got to. There's got to be a woman. We need like an older woman, a very practical woman who's in charge of the shit, who decides what stories come out and what stories don't come out. Yeah, like who's like decides? No, that doesn't wear. That doesn't, that's that's going to make us look bad, right? That one's not coming out.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, also, has anyone brought up? And this is before the Me Too thing. I, I can't speak to what went down, you know, in like decades past. But I remember about three years ago being so. SAG has your back if you're an actress and you complain, like they will address that shit right away. Oh yeah, I'm talking about in recent years,
3: and they can shut shit down too. And and and, and they'll
2: they'll have your back completely, and you really won't be liable for anything. Like I remember being on a set uh, about three years ago, and I was mic'd up. And uh, so earlier in the day, the wardrobe lady was just acting like a total cunt to me for no
3: reason. Wardrobe people, by the way, are horrible.
2: And inherit uh, and make. So I had the wi- the wireless lav on, and I said, not uh, like on screen, but sort of over to the side. I said casually, "You know that wardrobe lady's a real cunt, huh?" And someone came and got me and said, "You can't." talk like that. <laughs> right. And I said, okay, you know, I apologize. I shouldn't have said that. But I'm just saying, like, you know, it's not like it's the Wild West. Like, there's avenues to address these things.
3: Uh, yeah, and people don't really understand how powerful the unions are in this town. Right. They can shut down a TV show or film in a second. They have people working specifically. That's why they don't give a shit about kids. The reason kids get fucking abused on these sets is there's really no one looking out for them. That story of Eliza Dushku, how she got uh, sexually assaulted on that set of True Lies in 1994, she was a kid actor in the movie. She was a girl. She played Arnold Schwarzenegger's thirteen-year-old daughter in the movie, mm-hmm. and she was assaulted. She had a, gu- a legal guardian on the set, like a, a signed SAG guardian or whatever, whoever the hell it was. And that woman was so intimidated, she didn't say anything when Duska was like being brought up to like a hotel room by one of the stunt guys. Yeah, you know. But how they has because there's no one. There's no one protecting those kids, right? Yeah. If that was like if if like uh, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis is on the set. And she like feels her wardrobe isn't correct, her hair isn't correct. Shit shuts down. Yeah, like it shuts down right away. Like her agent's in there shutting stuff down right away. I've been on sets before where like the actress doesn't like the wardrobe choice, it's too sexy or something like that. They shut the entire production down. Yeah, their CAA agent comes on set and like calls somebody and everything just stops. Yeah, the millions of dollars grinds to a halt.
2: Simulated sex in uh, Westworld, you know, because it, like when you watch. Uh, sorry, the, <laughs> I know this is a little bit, but when you watch uh, Eyes Wide Shut. Uh, that's going to be the hardest thing to direct is, this, is the sex because yes. it's so hard to make it look real and then you got people really rubbing their genitals against each other but they have to wear like cock sleeves the and don- the it's don- like a the whole donuts. fucking thing going on it's
3: Just, a, just a, I think the most unbelievable part of that is just that Tom Cruise is having sex with a woman <laughs> That's just how Kubrick, how Kubrick, they were talking about Kubrick's mastery as, as a filmmaker. How he made people believe Tom Cruise wanted to have sex with Nicole Kidman, <laughs> to me, is the greatest feat greatest uh, he's ever He might have been
2: losing it on that. When he walked into the prostitute's house and he just kept going, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Yeah. So. it was pretty bad. By the way, my theory on Tom Cruise he's filming another Mission Impossible and, and it broke another bone and doing a stunt because he has to remind people he does his own stunts like at 57 or whatever he is mm-hmm. is he just before the shooting starts they just break one of his bones just so they can do the, so they can get it done right away so they can start healing and shoot later on so he just like he shows up on the set takes a hammer just breaks his like ankle and then he's like oh and they do all the like sitting down <laughs> yeah, scene yes. restaurant stuff uh, Matt let me ask you Jen Selter. She has 12 million followers on it. I make fun of people on social media stars, but I understand what people do is because you have, she has 12 million followers, so presumably she makes a shitload of money as a ass model. I think that's what she technically is, an ass model. Mm-hmm. She calls herself a fitness instructor. I don't know who she's instructing exactly, but she wears spandex uh, pants and she has, uh, I would say, ass implants, but also an amazing body. Oh, she has ass implants? Well, injections, like the Kardashian injections.
2: I think she just does a lot of squats.
3: So. Yeah, that's what you would believe, wouldn't you? <laughs> She enhances it somehow. It's just beyond the, I don't know. If you go to a regular gym and you see women who do squats, you don't see an ass like that.
2: Do you think she, well, I think it's the way she like contorts her back. Do you think she feels silly every day taking photos of her
3: butt? No. I think that she's making probably half a million dollars a year oh, wow. for being a butt model. And she gets to, by the way, live in Miami and she's dating Chris Dapp's Porzingis. And she's 24 years, she's a, long, a girl from Long Island who, by the way, is not super attractive. She's always wearing giant sunglasses, if you notice know, so in all her pictures.
2: I love how poor Zingus can just go on Instagram, yes. message the chick with the huge ass that all of his teammates have been you know, trading photos of, yes. and then uh, fuck her.
3: I, think, I, think it's, uh, I don't think that's how it happens. I think he's set up with her. I think there's someone who sets up athletes with these women. Oh, yeah? Like the Trump, like the Trump thing. I think there's someone who sets up these athletes with these women, and they're like, oh, look, you, you, and he's got a $50 million contract, by the way. And here's this 24 Instagram model. Let's just put you two together. There's someone who makes that decision, and they're both like, "Yeah, this works."
2: Well, who? But what? Are they getting a cut? I mean, how no. Would,
3: I think it's just like it's PR people, uh-huh. like the Kardashians are always like. What's her name? Kendall Jenner dating Blake Griffin all of a sudden. Yeah. So I think they actually might be fucking, but I think they're actually just set up by like third parties. Yeah. Who go like this would be a great relationship for your career as well. So we're going to put you together with this Instagram model who's got 12 million followers and. Now you you're gonna fuck this New York Knicks guy who's a star of the New York Knicks. I'm yeah, like, but, okay. Yeah,
2: it's, it's not a bad theory. But if you're you know super rich Porzingis young guy, I mean, it's not out of the question that you could fuck. most Oh yeah, Instagram yeah, for models. sure.
3: But I don't think he even speaks English. <laughs> he's <laughs> also a mutant. I he's mean, also seven, he's a weird looking dude, <laughs> and also, but I think also, and he may be probably fucking other women as well. But I think this is like the official boyfriend girlfriend setup. So you know it'll last for six months and it'll be onto somebody else. Seems
2: kind of high school, you know.
3: Yeah. So anyhow, Jen Selter, uh, uh, just a girl from Long Island who made it big. I give her credit. At 18, she started like putting her ass out there on, on social media early on, doing the half naked selfie shit. And you know why? Why wouldn't a girl try that? And by the way, I find this very empowering because unlike all the other women in Hollywood who have to get sexually harassed and like masturbate Harvey Weinstein, when you're an Instagram model, you don't have to do shit. You just go outside your beach condo and like take photos of your take photos of yourself. It's a pretty sweet deal if you think about it.
2: You got you to gotta work out a couple hours a day. You got to work
3: out a lot and diet, but I mean, in terms of the actual work environment...
2: Yeah, it's nothing.
3: You got a girlfriend who's taking pictures of you or a boyfriend taking pictures of you and you're living in a beach It's condo. always
2: in your actual condo,
3: too. Yeah, and you live on a beach. It's always on the beach outside the condo. Yeah. So you don't have to suck anybody's dick you don't want to, basically. There's no one... There's actually... Like, what do you got to do? The head of Instagram or the head of, like, Twitter and start making passes at them? There's no one actually to, like... There's no dick to suck in this whole process.
2: Yeah. I mean, you got to plug, you know, dangerous products occasionally. Oh, yeah. but,
3: but you don't have to fuck anyone you don't want to fuck, which yeah. is I find empowering. Anyhow, so she was on this air. She's the latest person to be kicked off an airplane, which is a new trend. new trend. Uh, <laughs> not I don't remember anyone... I mean, even Gerard Depardieu, when he was fucking urinating on the, in, the, in the aisle of the plane, <laughs> wasn't kicked off the plane. So this is like a new phenomenon last year or two. Where they, so
2: is the turn the plane around. Yes. It's like we're half an hour from... The, yes. You're going to go back the other way two hours. You should be fired from being a pilot for the rest of your life. <laughs> fucking idiot.
3: Uh, these are all... Uh, uh, well, people don't realize these are all FAA regulations, and the airlines can't fuck with the FAA regulations. My understanding of this is like every single rule, bullshit, Dictatorial role on a plane is FAA regulations, mm-hmm. and my evidence of this is like in the 1970s, people just smoked and drank and fucked on airplanes, <laughs> and the airlines didn't give a shit as long as they were paying. So now you can't do any of that anymore. Were the bathrooms a lot larger? No, same size, but you could smoke in them. But so how would you?
0: Uh, well, you couldn't smoke in the bathroom. Have you, could you smoke ever in the plane. had sex on an airplane?
3: Uh, no,
2: it's, I don't. It seems I, hardly even possible.
0: Uh, it
3: happens all the time and, and unsanitary. It, that's the part that kills me. I, I, airplanes to me are just a gross germ factory. It's basically a public toilet, and I would not have sex in a public (laughs) toilet. Maybe when I was like seventeen or something. But I just the idea of having sex like where people are shitting—it just seems to me you really got to be pretty hard up for for that prospect. Or I guess if a hot girl wants to go out, you might decide to, but. To plan on doing that in a petri well, dish? Well, no
2: one's meeting, no one's having sex with their seatmate on an airplane. This is something people do for a bucket list type of yes,
3: thing. Yes, exactly. Well, sometimes people on long flights get drunk and they start fooling around. That'd that would be awesome. Yes. Holy shit. But mostly now it's just dogs, pet his dogs, and sheep, and, and therapy pigs, <laughs> and people bitching about stuff. So Jen Selter, They're on the tarmac for two hours. We've all been there. The plane's delayed. They can't take off. She's trying to get from Miami, where she lives, to New York to fuck Porzingis. And she's on the, on the tarmac for two hours. And they won't let you get up once you're away from the gate. We've all been there before. Yeah. And everybody fucking hates airline travel. We all understand it's the Greyhound with wings. Right? It's just going to be a horrible experience. But you get to go from Miami to New York in two hours. And if you were driven from Miami to New York... Well, four in this case. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, but whatever. If you've ever done that drive, if you've ever done like a 20-hour drive, you understand why people fly airplanes. Yeah. Because you don't want to drive eight hours through the Carolinas. It's just not, just not amazing. So... Everyone understands this is a horrible place. I don't want to be on this plane. It sucks. It stinks. I'm sitting next to some fat guy, whatever, whatever. But I just want to shut my eyes and pretend I'm not here and wait to get to New York.
2: Well, I think people are maybe, I don't know if it's conscious or not, but they're kind of rebelling against this thing where you tell us every 10 minutes we're about to leave and we're sitting there for three hours and I start having a fucking meltdown and you're not serving booze. You you know? are
3: like Jen, you're a lot like Jen Selter. Well, In your emotional state because it's
2: a it's a fucking money thing. A, they're lying to you. Yes. I don't know, like being lied to. So you could just deplane, you know. But I don't know. Then you'd have to pay for the tarmac or whatever the fuck it is or the gate but I don't care. Like, I can't sit in this confined area for three hours being told we're going to leave every 20 minutes. At a certain point, like, yeah, I'll
3: get kicked off the plane. Fuck it. I don't care. You are Jed Seltzer, dude. I don't want to be, but I'm saying (laughs) you're making it this way. Yeah, but I I think I agree with you. I hate, everyone's angry. So everyone's angry on the plane, but they've all kind of made, everyone but you has made this social compact where, like, we're not going to start screaming and bitching and making a scene because now we know what happens. The, the, The bitchy airline attendant gets involved, then the pilot gets involved, then the police have to come and take someone off the plane if you notice now in all these videos cell phone videos because everyone has to take cell phone videos of their civil rights struggle <laughs> their fucking moment of like I'm going to get up on the airplane when I'm told not to get up is their fucking Selma now <laughs> like it's their fucking MLK moment right? Yeah. you know I'm going to cause an incident with this gay flight attendant to yell at me so I can yell back at him and call abuse on the plane <laughs> everyone's kind of agreed at this point I don't give a fuck just sit down and shut up we want to get to New York as fast as possible you're not actually a civil rights activist you're not going to change anything you're just going to make it be two hours even two hours longer now to New York so everyone hates you Matt on the plane no I
2: don't I don't do that but I'm just saying you're testing it you're you're pushing my ability to fucking you know remain cool I
3: agree but and by the way if they gave you liquor it would get worse I believe it would get worse so that's why they don't serve liquor while they're waiting uh, they want you up in the air when you, when, the, when the air pressure is different. Uh, so Selter gets off. She says she's going to have to, to grab shit out of the overhead compartment. The flight attendant, who's a bitchy male flight attendant, who we all know, we can just stereotype that person right now, uh, tells her to sit down. They get in a little spat. Then he says, like, you know, you're breaking these FAA rules. Do you want to get off the plane? She goes, yeah, I want to get off the plane. And she, she claims she was so sarcastic. Anyone would know she was being sarcastic. <laughs> it's just like... The gay flight attendant runs to the front, tells the captain, we have an unruly passenger wants to get off the plane. So he has to call the cops, Miami cops. They have to come on.
2: Well, they go into fucking, you know, unabomber mode immediately for no apparent reason. Like they can't tell the difference between a guy with dynamite strapped to him and a fucking
3: ass model. I don't think it's that so much as I think they're just pissed they have to fucking go on the plane and get a fucking high maintenance person like yourself off the fucking plane. (laughs) models can fucking ass models complain on the plane have you
2: seen that shit like spirit airlines they'll sit on the on the uh runway for six hours fuck that i'm getting off the plane i'm sorry uh there's always another plane i don't know if y'all know that no yeah by the
3: way get on another flight she did take another plane like she complained they complained then took another so they took her off they took her off so she had to by the way they didn't touch her they didn't grab her they didn't do anything they asked her to get off said fuck you you know you broke this rule you gotta get off the plane now we can't leave with you on the plane and so she felt By the way when, when you cell phone video The police It always looks bad You always look like Or someone Or like the captain Coming to talk to you The captain's telling me To talk to me You don't have to hear What he actually said Just know the captain Came to talk to me I've been, I've been My rights have been violated It looks bad It reminds me of So you know at TMZ What they do at TMZ Is a guy who like When they go after celebrities Whatever they, ch- they shake the camera They lower the light On the camera so it looks like there's some sort of like they're in El Salvador during the revolution oh, so it they, looks like there's some like chaos going they on they do that
2: on purpose yeah they do
3: it on purpose to look like they're really like there's some real shit going down mm. like a real Veritas Veritas thing yeah. and so and then people respond oh my god look it's Jay-Z and they're shaking the camera and they're like his bodyguards must be beating up the cameraman and like no he's just shaking the camera with his hand wow. uh, so when you do the cell phone video it always looks like you're being attacked like you're, you're Defending your civil rights, mm-hmm. um, even when you're like a very privileged white big ass <laughs> Instagram model, Well, is she
2: claiming that there's some unjust injustice going on here? She's or? claiming
3: that they, they overreacted. She stood up that the, the flight attendant was was uh, picking her out because he didn't like her, which is probably true because the, the bitchy gay guy doesn't like the hot model. I get that. <laughs> you can see that you can picture the, the how the verbal fight went down between those two.
2: Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just, just, like, just passive aggressiveness on top of sarcasm <laughs> yes. and bitchiness on top of bitchiness.
3: Yeah. And him looking at her outfit and him her <laughs> whatever it is. And so the thing is like, but who cares? Here's my here's my point. My question was, should not we just be able to shoot these people and get rid of them? <laughs> this is like my, like people who get people's cars You break down on the 405. My theory about the laser, how you get the laser them and just melt them. <laughs> just because they're blocking traffic and you're causing an extra hour delay. If anyone gets up on a plane and just bitches about shit that is not a real, like, serious complaint, they just need to be shot and dragged and thrown off the plane and keep, keep going. Yeah. Uh, that's what they would have done in clipper ships in the 18th century. If some dude was just fucking b- bugging the shit out of the captain complaining, they just would have tossed him overboard. Yeah.
2: I mean, maybe we have, like, an account. And after a certain amount of uh, incidents, you're, you're kind of not allowed to fly anymore.
3: I just think the minute you complain, by the way, first thing happens, every, every passenger on the plane gets to beat you up. <laughs> and then they throw, just throw you out the, the emergency window keep moving. It's just, we live in this age now. I think it's a millennial. I'm going to go with millennial thing on this one where you believe that your right to be heard trumps everybody else's rights of whatever the fuck is going on. Like, you would legitimately believe that your right to be heard is the same as, like, say, a black person having the right to sleep in the same hotels as white people. Yeah. That's how you're equating it. Like, you're, you have to express yourself and be heard. And it's not that your behavior has to be tolerated. Yes, probably. Like, if you're asking for a fucking therapy pig, you have to get your therapy pig or you're going to scream. But also, like, just the fact that she just wants to be heard. She wants people to say, like, ah, oh, that was really horrible what they did to you and all this shit like that. And if you don't get that right, if you get that right taken away from you, then you start kicking and screaming and videotaping shit and talking about how you were. Fucking victimized,
2: yeah. yeah I hate I those fucking. Th- I hate th- I those, those, fucking, I hate those fucking people. And, and you know, there's always a, in the back of these people's minds. I always feel like they're like, I'm gonna sue. You yeah. know, like that's always there. Like, what for what? What are you? I think it's
3: suing, but it's also just I mean, she has 12 million followers, so she gets a million people going. Like, oh, it's horrible how they treated you. She gets to make a. Case. I mean, it's a national story that an ass model uh, was talked to by the captain and taken off the plane by police. After violating a fucking regulation, I don't. I, I just want. I think everyone on the plane hates it, and just wanted to just fucking sit the fuck we
2: down. We could uh, change the regulations so that they're not inciting fucking. So people aren't melting down on the fucking plane. Like we could just stop taking this shit so seriously.
3: Yeah, but I, 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 am a libertarian on most things, but on airplanes, I believe you need all all the despotic power. Because the minute you tell people, like, okay, you can do this or that, everyone's going to fucking abuse the shit out of the rule. Everyone's going to be fucking, like, doing... There was a woman, uh, apparently, was doing, like, yoga in the aisle yesterday (laughs) on a plane. (laughs) People are going to abuse that. Just like the therapy dogs. Look what I'm with the therapy dogs. Okay, if you need a dog, like a Labrador or whatever, to get through the plane, you can have your therapy dog. Now look at fucking... It's like the fucking zoo. The people are bringing fucking parrots on and and rabbits and pigs. Well, I'm not...
2: I'm not down with... All I'm saying is... uh, Stop lying about when the plane's going to take off. Yes, and serve booze before it takes off, and uh, I think you'll. I, I think most of these issues will just go away. It's people rarely melt down in flight. Like once you take off, everything's pretty much cool. You get a crazy person every now and then, but
3: people get sedated. Once a plane takes off, people get into sedated mode. Yes, yeah, so you get sleepy. I think they just pumping CO two. Yeah, a lot sick. of this could be avoided. All right, our final segment today is panties on a bunch. What has my panties on a bunch? You ask, Kim Kardashian, who, by the way, was wearing only panties in her last, her <laughs> last photo. Uh, I
2: saw I, that. She doesn't look too bad from the front.
3: No, well, she's contorting. No, she's. I mean, she obviously has perfected her body through a uh, various amounts of diet, uh, cracking of her ribs and, and, and abdominal cavity <laughs> organs with taking
2: synch- fat out of her middle and, injecting ass, and into her
3: ass taking all sorts of weird shit eating eating only salads and then having lots of plastic surgery and then also some and she's also five two and she's somehow had been genetically gifted with uh, certain attributes where she's not aging that fast uh but that aside so kim kardashian had her third kid and they i don't know if she really had a medical problem that prevented her from carrying the child that's certainly how they played it up on her tv show uh, I tend to believe that's, that's actually just bullshit. How old is she? She's 37 now, I believe. Well, that's, that seems pretty reasonable, don't you think? Well, the, the way they framed it was if she, ha- if she had her own child, she would die. Well, that's... Which is odd, because sure. you really... They, name someone in the United States who died from childbirth recently. <laughs> name a rich person who has died in childbirth in the United States in the last 50 years yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's just nobody <laughs> like, actually they're like if I have a child I will die like yeah no that just doesn't happen that's a good, that's no a good one, point no women get pregnant all the time no one dies no I mean maybe in, probably in poor areas they probably do and certainly like in fucking lousy third world countries they do rich millionaires in the US just don't die during childbirth anymore it doesn't happen it's true um, so
2: anyhow so she's, although maybe oh wait never mind I was gonna say if you're doing like fertility treatments and like you're, you're sort of biologically not
3: meant to get pregnant I guess you still don't die, though. I can't think of any, like, woman in her 30s who's died. A Famous person, women, outside of drug, a massive drug overdose. I can't think of any woman who's died of, like, or I guess maybe cancer issues. Even cancer really isn't killing people anymore. No. You don't really think of, like, a 37-year-old famous woman dying at all, ever. And certainly not from <laughs> childbirth. So here's the thing. So she bought, so she basically didn't want to have a baby, is my theory. Uh, Kanye, who knows what the, what the hell he was up to. He's just not around anymore, by the way, have you noticed? Uh, no. He just isn't the public. He's not producing music. He's not in the public eye anymore. I assume there's just a digital copy of him walking around <laughs> or an actor. He's probably in a sanitarium somewhere like in, in Canada. Uh, but she decides she do not have a kid, but she wanted to have more kids, so she's going to buy a kid. They're going to put an egg inside of, like a young surrogate. They're going to pay her sixty five grand. She's going to have the baby, and then they're going to have another baby to sell pictures to People Magazine and raise and whatever else. But surrogacy, for some reason, falls under this general category of women's issues we can't talk about. The press, let alone men, but the press in general cannot mention. It's like abortion or any kind of like uh, you know, endometriosis or any kind of female issue, ovarian things like that. We're just not allowed to talk about it because it's a women's thing. And if you even talk, just the mere act of talking about it means that you're sexist or you're, you're mis- you know, misogynist or you're insensitive. So she had surrogacy. Is it that or is it just that no one really
2: wants to talk about it?
3: I think you run the risk of if you say if you point out the fact that Kim Kardashian paid someone to have her baby, you run the risk of legitimate women's groups getting angry at you for like saying surrogacy is not a real pregnancy, and a lot of women can't they're infertile and all this other stuff. You're attacking women who can't have babies, which you don't want to be. Yeah, for sure, you don't want to be in that position.
2: Because I find it pretty interesting as a topic. Like, especially, I mean, it's definitely one of the most interesting, if if only interesting things about uh, Kim Kardashian that she's contracting other uh,
3: women to have her baby it's yeah that's someone interesting the price to negotiate uh, the haggling must have been great well there's a lot i want to know
2: about i mean do you monitor the person do you do, do you keep tabs on uh if they're hanging out at the yes chateau the answer, at
3: night? The answer to all that is yes they get regularly tested uh, the doctors are visiting them and by the way there was a according to tmz at least there was a kicker in her contract that if her uterus was destroyed during the process she gets 15 grand extra
2: that's not very much. <laughs> no, that's what I thought. Jesus,
3: she didn't have a good agent. State <laughs> Farm. Come on. I think about gender pay gaps in the surrogacy. It must be. Must be. There is only women, but they must get abused a lot. <laughs> I would ask for six hundred grand for that shit. Um, but so here's the thing. So Kim Kardashian Braun had. A, there was two weeks ago. They had a baby. By the way, they. You know, they named the baby. No, I don't. Chicago. What they named the baby Chicago.
2: What? What? That's what? Is it a? What is it? Uh, it's a girl a boy chicago? i think it's a girl a boy named him or her chicago that's fucking
3: bananas <laughs> that's just insane for
2: people who like their entire life seems to revolve around what they name their baby and that's what you went with
3: they ran it through the computer and that uh, came up as being super duper hip and, and crazy brandable that's brutal yeah hey, you and can't by the way the full name is chicago west which is actually the most dangerous part of the entire country no oh, i murder- think
2: i just got it yes go west
3: uh no no i think it's chicago well, Kanye's from chicago yeah and so it's chicago west i mean his last name's west
2: but the the uh abbreviation oh, of that go west? Name would be it, well it's not she yeah i don't think maybe. they
3: go to the go to those old slogans in the 19th century i think it was more like chicago's a cool name it's like brooklyn like brooklyn became a name for kids at some point yeah like chicago's just cool because he's from chicago be chicago but Chicago West in particular is just the most deadly homicide gang infested area in the entire country. So that was kind of odd. It's a, Anyhow, fail, a fail on many levels. Yes. So the point is that she, they brought this kid home two weeks ago and they had to report, everyone had to report on this as if she had the baby. Like, she's leave, here she is leaving the hospital with her baby. And then they started doing this, extending this to like, doesn't she look amazing? She just came home she just brought the baby home to the hospital three 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 days ago. Look, she's already back in jeans. Look, she's not a date night. Kanye and Kim have their first date night since the baby since the baby arrived. So they are pretending the people
2: writing this are pretending that she birthed the baby?
3: They're not saying she birthed the baby, nor are they nor are they saying that she paid someone else to have the baby and just picked the baby up like Amazon Prime. <laughs> like it was just like so they're doing this weird thing with the language, with the diction, where they're actually like making it seem when you read it. If you didn't know, you would think she' Delivered the baby.
2: Are you sure they're not just ill informed and they're assuming that she delivered the baby? No, no, they've been
3: talking about her surrogacy for 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 nine months now, and like surrogacy stuff, what she talks about, the beauty of it. Uh, No, they know this, and so they're like, oh, so now she was naked on Twitter yesterday, and everyone's like, has to be like, oh my god, how brave for a woman two weeks after bringing her baby home from the hospital, or or just naming her child, her new child. They have all these all these uh, euphemisms for like the birthing or or bringing home of a child that might be attributed to a woman who just had labor and delivered a child, but technically doesn't say that she actually delivered the child. And it's like this bizarro thing. I'm not talking about just, like, gossip magazines. I'm talking about every, like, you know, HuffPo, The Times, all this stuff where they have to, like, intentionally use language that make it seem like she actually delivered the child (laughs) regularly when she didn't. This is
2: one of the strangest phenomenons I've even heard of. Yes. I mean...
3: And I don't think, and no one's, no one's. That's why we have the show. No one's talking about this, but it's like entire journalists are just deceiving people intentionally, so as to be politically correct with the actual language, to the point that they're actually saying, like, "Look how amazing she looks!" Only two weeks after bringing baby home from the hospital, like, well, she did spend the last nine months just dieting, exercising, going to yoga, and having having you know implants. So yeah, she does look pretty good. This is also
2: the most self serving, like so the huffington post what is that rich white chicks yes who are contracting yes. uh poor you know guatemalan women to go through the physical rigors of childbirth for them yes so yeah it would be in their best interest to not really discuss the details and the and the sort of politics of that
3: because there would be by the way if there's a lot
2: of questions would be raised
3: if the if someone like said like well look you know, let's remember, she didn't actually have the baby. Someone else went through all this baby stuff for her, and she didn't have the baby because she had surrogacy. She, they would be slammed by women's women's uh, reproductive groups or whatever, saying surrogacy is a valid option. How dare you say it's different than make her feel like a lesser person or stuff like that than a mom who delivered, carried and <laughs> delivered the child. This is, cra- this is crazy shit to the point that, like, semi-legitimate news outlets are just buying into this deception. I
2: mean, I'm not saying you're a lesser person, but you put in less effort. And I I do think it raises some ethical questions that could at least be discussed. Like, so what if, it's totally hypothetical, but in the near future with CRISPR and whatnot, so they go, all right, so we know the flu, there's this herd mentality and like a certain amount of people have to get the flu every year or else the virus will become stronger and then it could like take out the whole population. So I go, okay, well, I'm just going to give my flu to uh the mexican neighbor and uh, I'll I'll pay him $10,000 like, like a
3: union soldier during the war
2: yeah so he'll get the flu and and I'll be like isn't that almost what we're looking at and from a, a you know a pretty wealthy woman who's uh you know pawning this off and like you said who knows if it's a medical issue or not but
3: well, yeah, and also, I mean, realistically, she doesn't need to have a child, right? That's a, it's a personal well, desire. Well, no one
2: needs to have a fucking child. Well, I child. mean,
3: first of all, she already has two kids. Even if she once said, I want to experience having a kid, she has two children already. You could adopt a child who's already been born to a parent who don't, can't take care of the child. Yeah. So you're deciding to have, it's a very, let's, I don't blame someone for wanting to have a kid, but it's a very personal, let's call it a selfish desire. Yeah. it's just about yourself. Kanye may not even want a fucking kid. It's probably just her. So might not be his kid. (laughs) That's true. true. So she's buying. She's buying a kid basically that she doesn't really need, and then they have to lie about the fact. Like she's. way, she's not like having the surrogacy. Then then they're they're pretending that she had the baby, and she's like out in the field doing charity work. She's doing naked photos on Twitter. (laughs) Like, and they have to say how amazing she looks like. The heroism of her after post, postpartum to have the confidence postpartum to like be naked on Twitter, but she didn't have the baby. It's just, it's, 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 it's another example of the 1984 shit we were talking about earlier. We're just literally changing the language yeah. to be politically correct, and it's just, the language is just deceptive. It's just, you have journalists writing stories that are intentionally deceptive so as not to be accused of being insensitive.
2: And it all makes it easier on rich white women.
3: Yes, that's who it's all, for. All
2: of the changes are are sort of geared towards that demographic. Oh, you don't
3: think poor minority women are paying sixty grand to have some other baby? They are having a lot of babies, but they're doing they're doing it the old fa- they're doing it the old fashioned way. So I don't know. I think they're doing it until their their husbands stop boinking them, or until they dry till they till they dry up. They probably don't have a lot of choice. That's my my whole my overriding theory on this this women's movement, the Times Up movement, and the the Me Too and all stuff like that. It just poor women it's a socioeconomic thing it's a demographic thing it is not a women's issue it is a wealthy white women's issue feminism itself seems to be a wealthy white women's issue
2: yeah pretending to be oppressed is a privilege
3: yes and getting the benefits of it when you're already a a class that can defend itself and take care of itself the women at the bottom you asked me this question if i thought women were really like there was a gender disparity against women i think there is but it's at the very bottom of the socioeconomic scale it's the chicks working in hotels for minimum wage yeah. or service jobs. They're getting shit on. They're probably getting their tits and ass grabbed all the time. They can't do shit. I, I told you this, I was at an event like a month or two ago. Security guards. And there was like 10 male security guards, rent-a-cop thing, and one female. And all the dudes were – I just overheard them talking about that chick – girls walking by. Look at that chick's tits. <laughs> look at that ass. and like that. And what does a what does woman do? She was a, a woman of color, a minority, working a security job probably for 9 bucks an hour. She goes, oh, you know, they're like, what do you think, Tina? Like, ah, oh, look at that. And then she's like going, yeah, yeah, Bob, that's funny, whatever. She ain't going to make a case out of this. She needs the fucking money. It's probably her third job that day. Yeah. She needs the nine bucks an hour to pay the fucking rent. She's not going to, she has to put up with, and I felt bad for her. She has to put up with 10 fucking fat dudes making fucking tit jokes for four hours at a venue. You know, and that sucks. And that's a woman who I think is actually being harassed or oppressed, if you will, because she has to put up with crap. And she has no recourse whatsoever. Whereas Reese Witherspoon, I think, has some has some outs if she needs an out. Yeah, it's all it's all for college educated white women are the most uh, 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 non oppressed oppressed minority in this country.
2: They have it so good. They
3: have it really. They have the benefit of access to everything and the advantage of everything while still having a, a special protected class of privilege. I want to be a, a wealthy white woman in my next life. Me too,
0: Brian. You have something you wish to pimp and promote on the show. I actually, think you do. I think you do. I think you got a big announcement. Actually, yes. I'm the new play-by-play announcer for UCLA Ice Hockey. Ooh! We have our final home game of the season against USC Friday night, 10 p.m. on Facebook. Facebook.com slash UCLA Ice Hockey.
3: Can we expect that uh, uh, sexy male voice you have going on there <laughs> for the entire hockey for all three <laughs> periods of the hockey? So
0: here's the opening face-off.
3: And Why does hockey have fucking three periods? I don't understand that. There's no sport where you have, like, an even an odd Brian, number. Brian it's,
0: knows the answer. It's really damn tiring. It is. Yeah. Why don't they it, have three periods? Why don't they have four or two periods and make them short, it's, shorter? It's tiring, and the ice gets all chopped up, too, so they want to resurface it. And uh, But why don't they have two longer periods or four shorter periods? I don't I mean, part of it, if you notice, they change sides in the second period, but their benches are farther away from the goal, so that makes the line changes a lot uh more difficult you have to skate farther to get to the bench you imagine football
3: or basketball if they had like three periods in the game it would just confuse the fuck out of people what period are we in uh the second one or the third one i told you my hockey experience going to the la kings game where they played for three periods and i sat there for two and a half hours freezing because i assumed staples would be warm (laughs) and then they played the overtime and then the overtime lasted 30 seconds and the game was over and walked walked out it really was like every sex i ever had (laughs) 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 matt what about you Uh, What do you got going on? uh,
2: Just doing a lot of stand-up. I'm on Twitter at Matthew Ralston, MattRalston.net. Working on uh, doing a feature film, but I'll have more on that later.
3: Will you be digging, now that i revealed this Victoria Silveston fact to you, will you be digging deeper into the Melania Trump uh, hooking uh, background story you've been working on?
2: Man, if she wasn't like... uh, I'm not even sure she exists anymore, uh, but I would... There's probably a reason she doesn't do interviews or leave her house.
3: Melania, she speaks five languages. <laughs> yeah. one, one of which is she knows how to say this is how much it costs in five, five different languages. By the way, I have no problem that she was a hooker. It doesn't bother me at all. Um, like I said earlier, the, the Trump like, porn star hooker stuff is like, the, one of the only like, interesting things I find about the guy. So I have no problem with him like being married to a former escort. I don't give
2: a fuck. I, I just think the this moral superiority that the Republican Party pretends to have over the rest of the country. You yeah, know. but I don't think.
3: But to be fair to Trump, I don't think he does. He doesn't do that. He doesn't tell people like this is how you should lead your life, or like this is how you should have one marriage in your life, or shit like that. Well, I agree. He, I agree. The Republicans he's do better it. than everyone else. Yeah, but he's just a narcissist. I don't think he believes he's morally. I don't think he. I don't think he, like, he used to be a Democrat, right, for the first 65 years of his life. And I think he was around a bunch of guys who slept with a lot of hookers. Yeah. I don't think he ever judged them. I don't think he was ever like, Barry, you sure you want to sleep with that girl a third of your age? Like, no,
2: but it's, it's just silly. Mike Pence
3: is like this Mike Pence, for bizarre sure. fucking yes. weird dude who yes. won't,
2: you know, touch a tit or whatever. Uh, he's obviously gay, but, you know, just, I, I just don't get how these two things jibe with each other.
3: I love the people who hate Trump and want Trump removed Who have no idea what Mike Pence is like <laughs> just no clue what it would be like after that Like a, a Handmaid's Tale theocracy Yeah, we'd all, I feel like
2: we'd all be in silver jumpsuits yes. Like immediately like, That dude is fucking creepy It would
3: be Handmaid's Tale It'd be so much, I mean, so you would love Trump At least you can you know, get your abortions and uh, go party uh, Alright, uh, I don't know where you can catch me anymore You can catch me somewhere uh, I want to thank Rocco's and Studio City You guys were tremendous right. again Thank you for hosting us yes. Thank you, Rocco. Listen to Brian on Facebook with the sexy hockey voice. Lex, last minute. I'll talk to you next week.